What's up, y'all? I'm Jaguar Wright. You might remember me. And I just got finished doing another interview with Real Life Street Stars. It was awesome. So subscribe and keep coming back, even for other people than me. They got dope people. Yeah. Everybody start clapping right now. This is this is some legendary shit. Super legendary. Double down there. She gave us a verbal spanking. <laughs> Put us in a black She back. Black woman the, with, with ball on our channel. The, somebody look, had to do it, I Somebody guess. had to do it. And nobody was better. Had look, no idea it was going to be me. Look, look, um... Your interview dropped uh, two years ago. Um, one of the most epic interviews I had the pleasure of being a part of. Interview dropped, going crazy. My sister calls me. She says, do you know who y'all interviewed? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. She was like, no, you don't know. You haven't done no research. You don't know who you have on your platform right now. I was like, well, I met her. I talked to her. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know. She was like, no, you don't know. I was like, I look, I was there. Look, finally, I was there. Jaguar motherfucking right in the building. Put some respect on Um, First and foremost, I would just like to say it's a pleasure to have you back. Um, it's been... Can you please let the people know you weren't mad at us? <laughs> like, because they, they think you was just killing us. <laughs> and we had a mad cool respect, a dope vibe, all that prior, after you showed us some dope music. Let them know that you fuck with us, man. Because they Completely. Th <laughs> Listen to me. If I didn't, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. Mm, How about that? And if I was really mad, I would have had something negative to say to y'all when apparently I had everything negative to say about the whole world and I never did. Amen. So, um, matter of fact, if anybody ever asked me, I, I said it was a great time. They're great kids. Hey. <laughs> That's what I would say. It, I was like, no, they're super dope. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do in the future. Amen. Like, that's always been my attitude for you guys. Um, People also have to realize that at that time, it was at the beginning of my tailspin. So everything that happened after, I had no idea it was going to happen. But when Mousequake said to me, Jag, talk to him, do the interview. And I said, that's okay. He said, no, give him an interview. And I'm like, oh, an interview. View. Not an interview. An interview. An inner view. Oh, I like that. I like that. Now it's crazy because you were told that uh it went viral when they when they told you that you woke up like, hey, you're going viral. You thought it was, hey, am I sick? Am I Yeah, always? because of the pandemic, you know. I'm, <laughs> what you mean I'm viral? You know, like I'm <laughs> and I'm like What's going on? He's like, no, auntie, you're going viral on the internet. And I'm like, I am? Mm. I'm like, babe, they say we're going viral. 
He was like, we're going viral. I'm like, yeah. So I got to ask. Let's see where this goes. There was a lot you unpacked in that interview. Oh, yeah. Overall, did you feel like you did your story justice in that interview? Just for the topics you touched in on. In your interview? In our interview. I stand 10 feet tall, 10 toes down to the ground <laughs> on every motherfucking okay. thing I said. Okay. okay. Even down to Summer Walker. Yeah, 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 yeah. With her and very troubled self. Yeah, I was going to say, this is it's unraveling as we speak. No, that's the beautiful thing about being <laughs> the kind of honest I am. Because what I'm saying is true, because what I'm saying is backed up on honest to God, complete integrity, I can say something like that. Let everybody be mad about it and step the fuck away. And let's see what reality say. It ain't my fault I be ahead of the curve. It really ain't my fault. I'm just operating in my principle. And then I heard about some of the troubles that came to your door. But if I'm correct, I want to say this while we on camera. When we finished the interview that day, didn't I give y'all some warnings about things that might happen? Yeah. Because of this interview. Yeah. Things happen. Was I wrong? No. Oh. But was I right? Yeah. <laughs> some, of, I, some of the some of the things the Tim and Campbell thing was interesting to me because we just hadn't heard from him and he just kind of popped out of nowhere. Why do you feel like he had felt the need to respond? <laughs> I think it was a great marketing move for him. You know, to go from waiting for them to include you in an award show every now and then. Um, they, they treated him, this business has treated Tevin Campbell heavy-handed and neglectful. You know, it's like the way they've shunned him, the way they've treated him throughout the years was absolutely terrible. So. For me, even saying that in that interview, it wasn't me blow, blowing up his spot. Yeah. I'm literally sitting here advocating for this nigga. Right. Like, I'm literally sitting here advocating. Right. Now, maybe you didn't want nobody to remember about the Hollywood Boulevard. Maybe you were hoping that was so long ago and because it happened before Facebook, it didn't really exist, you know, kind of thing. But it did exist. And there's a whole fucking police report. There's a whole detective that said you propositioned him and you got in the car, you made the deal, and then he put the cuffs on you. That's in a record. If somebody goes and checks my record, now they're going to find things on my record. Uh, I was charged with child abduction. Mm. It's a, a six, five, six felony. It's real low, but it's still considered a felony. So... If somebody brings that up about me, is, is it favorable? Does it leave room for you to have to explain certain things? Yeah, but it's your life. It's, it's what you lived. It happens. And if it's on public fucking record, then it's on public record. Mm. I'm not speaking about it because I'm trying to slump you. I'm speaking about it because that's what the game did to you. And if you tried to forget, I never did. It was wrong. Definitely. It was wrong as fuck. He was a young kid who came into the business, 
His family depended on him for income to live. He was the family business, like so many star children are the family business. And he got left with people. He got left with people that did things to him. Shaped his personality and his, self, and his choices before he had a chance to do it himself. Meanwhile, make a hit record after hit record and we sitting there dancing while this kid is being fucking just fucked all over every which way. Bessie was probably treated was at Paisley Park with Prince. And then not long after that, Tevin Campbell disappears and nobody hears about him and nobody speaks his name until he gets arrested. And then it makes national news. And then they start playing his records. Oh, you remember when he was? That is facts. And then after that, all that talent, all of these motherfuckers, all of these people who were millionaires and made millions off of him while he was a kid. And you left him out there. So I'm going to say it to you right now, Tevin. I'm glad you came out. That's what I was going to ask. However it happened, I wasn't trying to put you out on Front Street. But you never had an excuse to hide in the first place. Whoever you are, that's you. And you should have the right to be you, to not have to lie about you or defend you. And I pray to God that you do whatever you gotta do to get everything they owe you, cause they owe you, nigga. They owe you big. Mm. So would you think the industry created that or that was always innately in them based on just your knowledge? I don't know. Cause I didn't know him as a little child. My Strongest connection to Tevin Campbell was through Rosie Gaines' daughter, LaToya, who we call each other sisters, mm. you know, and her and Tevin were always together at Paisley Park. I bumped into Tevin at events and stuff like that, would see him from time to time, but we didn't have a friendship. It, it just killed me, though, because I knew everything that was happening to him because he was with LaToya, and LaToya knew everything. And I would just sit there like, oh, man, I hope he wins. I hope he wins. I hope he wins. And then he disappeared. And then people just stopped talking about him. You know, it's, it's, it's fucked up. Can you have come out back then? Up. Huh? Can you have come out back then? Like right now we have like the little Nas X's, the, um, I forgot the guy, Frank back Ocean. In the 90s, Frank Ocean. No. Yeah, could that, no. it's almost detrimental to your career. He if, couldn't have come out, but the thing is, they were still busy trying to push a narrative. They were trying to push a narrative, like trying to make him appear. I mean, but they, do, they did it to all the guys. They did it to all the guys that were gay. You know, so it's just like, it's super unfair because you are who you are, but you have to pretend not to be who you are, but then, the same executives that are telling you make sure the girls fall in love with you are the ones sitting there diddling you. Mm. You can't be gay in public, but please be gay with me. Like, I mean, it's, <laughs> right, right. it's kind of fucked up. It's kind of fucked up. It's kind of fucked up. Listen to me. After you finish licking my balls, I want you to do some push-ups <laughs> and get ready for this video. You know, Hello. like... Hello. Now, 
it does make us ask because a lot of things happen in an interview to where um you know I gotta you know before we even ask talk about where you've been yeah uh, you touched on you you brought a lot of light to R Kelly in a Leah situation yeah and this is prior to this is when surviving R Kelly had just kind of started yeah. And you had shown some light on that. And then to see where it is now, to see 30 years given. And you were like saying, this is what was going on. I mean, do you do you feel like the documentary did that? Um, or do you feel like this was just what this was going to happen with him still living the way he was living or just based on not never owning up to it? Like the way you would own up to. OK. I think he was an acceptable monster at the time. Do I think he deserves it? Absolutely. He should get a fucking year for every year he was operating. That's exactly how You had your fun, now you gotta pay the piper. Pod piper. Even you have to pay the piper. So good for him. Good for him. I hope he sings during, you know, meal breaks and shit. How do you feel about him being able to drop a whole album today? Huh? He dropped a whole album today. R. Kelly? Yes. A surprise album. But but Spotify and all of the platforms took it down. Do you think platforms should get into that at all? No, first, no. I it think was, they took the music No, away. St- hold on. Stop. Okay. They called it. They, no, before you. It was called I Admit It. I Admit It. That was, about, that was the name of the, yeah, he has, the, he has the project. A, he has a song where he says, the Aaliyah situation, that was love. The sex tape with the 13-year-old girl, that was love. That's what he said in the song. They took that shit down so fast. <laughs> yeah, they took that shit down. Yeah. I got to get your... I got, <laughs> I, I admit it. Yes. He said the Aaliyah, this is quote in the in the song, Aaliyah, that situation was love. The 13-year-old girl he had sex on the tape with was love. That's what he said. Then he said then he said something about the one that he peed on. Yes. Then he that said love. that's what he said. Got he says it. he likes old and young women, but it's not pedophilia. He says this in the song. Oh, and, and he, he says all of this. In the song, yes. And he wrote all of this. On some Tupac shit. In jail. From jail. And it sounds good. I don't know what the fuck they doing now. Ah. What the fuck they mixing and mastering in jail? No. He's probably... <laughs> on the phone? Recorders oh, these, these engineers fooling. And singing fooling. recorders and then they taking it and they matching it up. You know, they, they doing what they doing. What's the doing? You know, fuck him, fuck that. I'm glad he admitted it. You know, thanks. Um... Love, love, love and urine. (laughs) Love and fucking urine. He loved that 13 year old little girl. He pissed all over her face. That's love, huh? He got excited, huh? Mm. Like, um, what's them, the caca spaniels? That every time they get excited, they pee? Mm. A little caca. (laughs) Got it. So, with them taking his music off. Love and pedophilia. He well, like did, him young, he like him old, he like it all, you know. That's what he said, that's what he said. I admit, I admit. Yeah. So, so we got to ask the question. I mean, he obviously got some type of mental 
situation going on no, there, right? No, I just think that he desperately needs money on his books. Oh, shit. That's what, oh, because they, they took away the, but they took away the money that his fans was giving him on his book. So, yeah, know. but you know, who knows? Maybe if they keep sending more money, they'll let him, you know, get him, let him get some money. You know. The do you I thought it was so funny when Boosie started talking about you took his commissary. Yeah. Nigga, you got some money, you put some money on his books then. Yeah, he the greatest to you. Since you give a fuck about him so much, then put some money on his motherfucking books. Since you love him so much. See, I don't like rape deniers and rape um, sympathizers. I just, I don't bang with it. Right. It's fucking whack. It's whack as shit. Because if it was your daughter, or if it was your niece, or if it was your little cousin, I truly doubt you would be so liberal with the shit that you're saying. And then there's the other side of that pancake. If it's cool with you, then that mm. tells me every fucking thing I need to know about you. Yeah. So let me ask you this about, because fuck, yes, fuck they're taking- noodles. Yeah. Fuck all of that. But, but, fuck his summer sausage. Right. I hope somebody's summer sausage is you. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just so funny because everything that I said, didn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just manifesting old. like a muff. Manifesting. But, but let me ask this. Okay, so where do we draw the line, right? We have artists literally talking about killing other human beings, yeah. right? So should that also be, you know, should the platform step in and take that music down too? Because if, if you're going to take down that, where do they draw the line? Well, I mean, we're at a very interesting time in humanity. We are. Period. I think we're all struggling with humanity. Period. We can talk about that project or we can talk about all the drill records where niggas is literally committing crimes to make records and record deals are signing them and getting life insurance policies <laughs> on them from the time knowing that they're about to die either in the course of or before they get to make their next yeah. record. And you've got all kinds of crime, just random crime happening all over. I mean, like if you turn on YouTube and you just watch the national news on YouTube, right. I usually do that. Yes. Just to chart and see where is it popping off. And it's all simultaneous, this area here. And then the next thing you know, the next crime wave comes through here. It's, it's almost simultaneous. Mm. So, you know, let's be honest about the shit that's influencing our environments. I got a bigger problem with fucking Grand Theft Auto than with some of the not so cool music. Yeah, hey, that's... Hey. I got a much bigger problem. You're saying that. something. You're saying something. I and do. You, and, you know, I'm glad you touched on that because now you have artists creating servers and letting people, young children get on these servers and live this gangster life mm -hmm. through the game. Yeah. Like I didn't see it ever getting to this, but it's just- Why not? Everything that starts out as something good has the potential to become something very bad. Yeah. Transportation. The car was invented to cure what problem? Pollution. Horseshit. Really? Think about it. Wow. Horse and buggy. Mm -hmm. They're big animals. They have to eat. They shitting everywhere. And the more people you had traveling on horses, 
pour shit everywhere. So they invented something that didn't shit, or so they thought. It was just a different kind of shit. It's called pollution. And now it done ate up the ozone. <laughs> now we got, you know what I mean? Like, we tried to cure one thing and then, oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, when I think about video games, I think about Atari, I think about Pac-Man, oh, yeah. I think about the early, you know, Super Mario years. Oh, yeah. I think about the crazy tech. Please, let's not even talk about Mario Kart. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. shit yeah. like that. Yeah, the fun, fun. stuff. Fun stuff. Fun. Oh, a ton of shit. Fun shit. But now it's like, a game ain't gonna crack 100 million sales unless there's some kind of violence, some kind of killing, some kind of something going on. Mm. We got video games teaching people how to be criminals, how to be murderers, how to be thieves, how to be rapists. And, and they're sitting there watching this shit and playing this shit anywhere from 10 to 25 hours a week. If you done kill 80 million people in your video game. Damn, you say 80 million. Isn't it realistic to think that you might want to try how it feels in real life eventually? Like, I mean, that's just, you become programmed. You become desensitized. And, and then you're playing a video game and then you're listening to this nigga at the same time. And this bitch suck up more on my dick. I'm so high, I can't feel it. Give me some, like, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's. This is what they're listening to. This is what they're playing. This is what they're listening to. This is what they're playing. Fucking 20, 40, 60 hours a week. And we're surprised at the shit that we see happening in the world. They've been practicing this shit. Hour after hour after hour. They've been listening to the theme music. Popping Molly. You know what I mean? Pop everything. Think that shit had fit? No, oh well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, damn, niggas is no. <laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. So, like, Jamaica went ahead and said we're gonna stop like playing violent music on the radio. Yeah. You think that's a route that even America should take, taking away that freedom of speech if it's causing real problems? See, is it freedom of speech or is it promoting oh, yeah. destruction? Yeah. 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 See, freedom Same of speech right, is tricky. Freedom of speech is tricky because you can say whatever you want to say. The question is, what's the integrity in what's being said? What do you, what's the purpose you're saying it for? You know what I mean? And, and everybody wants to put the word art on everything like that shit is hot sauce. I put that shit on everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's art. Oh, that's art. Oh, that's art. What happens when... Um, our first pedophile decides he wants to do an art show with all the kids that he's diddled and calls that art. See what I'm saying? Like, this, you can't. We got too many crazy motherfuckers in positions of influence now. Like, that's the scary thing about the internet, which I've come to learn. Like, I've been drugged into the technology future, whether I wanted to be there or not. And what I've learned while I was there is. That influencer shit can be very fucking dangerous, all depending on the hands that it falls in. Because there's somebody for everybody. 
and there's millions and millions of bodies mm -hmm. out there. You know what I mean? You got fucking crazy, who the dude that was just with Trump? The Fuentes something. What's his name? He was with Kanye. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this nigga's young mm -hmm. to be on this um, Hitler shit. Right. Yeah. Like he's young. No, not the Alex Jones. The dude, the other dude that went to Mar-a-Lago with Kanye when he asked Trump to be his vice president. And I would have loved to have been there for that. That would have been fucking awesome. So, but anyway, I, his name is Fuentes. Something, you know, I, I choose not to like remember divisive people's names unless I need to, but I believe his last name is Fuentes. But he's young. And this dude is, you know, kill them all. Yeah, like pretty much. Fuck them all. Yeah, I'm racist. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> you know, like, but he has. Nick Fuentes. Nick. Nick. Yeah, Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes. This motherfucker, he rolls with Alex Jones too. And these people got an audience. And because of the way algorithms work, all you have to do is fall into the right niche. And now all of a sudden you stumble into this whole new audience you didn't even know was out there for you, but they was looking for somebody like you. And boom, it's a match made in hell. You know, so I think the conversation really needs to be in America. What exactly do we want our future to look like? Like what kind of societies are we aiming to really aid and build? Or renovate. Like, how do we really want the future to look? Do we want this shit to look like Denmark and everybody be fucking harmonious and shit and great and everything's lovely and dong? You know what I mean? Like, like, what do we want as a society? I don't think America knows what it wants anymore because it's been so busy being fed what it want, what they want them to want. Like, we gotta realize in this country. There are people who choose and select everything that we do, everything that we eat, everything that we wear, where we live, how we see ourselves. All of this shit is selected. Do you think we're too, do you think we're too free in America? I think we're so free we don't realize we're not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Facts. For real. <laughs> I think we finally reached the moment where the first movie for the Matrix series is really fucking relatable. Mm. Yeah. You know, um... We there. No, nigga, we in the pods. Right. In the pods. No. Pucker to the motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Skin all... <laughs> Tartan. Now, um... I have to ask this because um, I, I'm, I'm going to derail this conversation for just a minute. Oh, because you know, please. There's no derailment. Take us, <laughs> take us where we're going. Uh, it's a journey. With you, you I, I feel like you had the potential and the power to wield, to create a movement of beings who could have some real thought mm -hmm. and really think for themselves. But uh, you were just gone, and I, 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 and I want. Why were you just gone? Because my life was being threatened. Okay. And not figuratively, literally, we were being hunted. 
It took about, what babe, about four months for us to shake, shake them off. Um, so not long after we did this interview, um, and then the Storm Monroe interviews, mm -hmm. which was all infiltration, um, Tasha Kay, I'll say allegedly for y'all, you know, <laughs> right. so ain't nobody talking about no defamations. Yeah, yeah, we gonna get to that. We don't want nobody talking about no defamations. She in so, <laughs> allegedly, um, the gold shoe bitch, um, she, was, she was hired to target me. And, you know, when I started the women's group WCW meeting, um, we opened up the Zoom room every Wednesday for women to come. And we were building it little by little, piece by piece. Uh, I found out, it took me about a month and a half to figure it out, but three of the women in the group all worked for Tasha Kay. Oh, damn. Um, one of the women who had positioned herself to be my right-hand woman to help me build it, I mean, this bitch actually came to my house. She was invited, I invited her to my house. Um, so Tasha K had somebody in my fucking home amongst my family. It wasn't until after she came by, because we were having a barbecue that day, and just out of nowhere, even though she lived in Alabama, she just happened to be in Dallas for the weekend meeting her boyfriend, who she never saw again after that, um, and just happened to be not that far away. And I was wondering if we could get together and meet while well, I'm having a barbecue at the house. Oh, I didn't know that, but bitch, I posted about it and said I was. Mm. I know your notifications is on. <laughs> but it's cool. Come on. The family's here. We just barbecuing, smoking, eating, spending time. Sure. I see you every Wednesday on Zoom. Come on. What, somebody tried to break into the house, what was it, honey, about a week after that, maybe a little less? Yeah. Oh, wow. And then um, somebody faking to be an insurance agent who had an appointment with someone in the house, even though they had the wrong name, asked for their credentials, didn't have any credentials, then we had to call the police to document it, and yada, 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 so on, so on, so forth. It, it, it um... When they tried to, when them essays was following me while I was walking the dog, that was the day. They was um, slow creeping up the street and they didn't realize, they were so busy following me that they didn't realize that my husband was sitting in a car. He, he didn't have it turned on, he was sitting in a car and he was watching them. And then when I walked up, he turned the car on. He was like, these motherfuckers have been following you up the street, slow creeping. The second that I did that, I turned around and looked at them, and these niggas start taking off. So I go jump into the car. We start following them. Mm. We got out to the main thoroughfare, and then that was that. They were gone, and I'm like, okay. We not safe. Right. Got it. So then we started figuring out, you know, 
Are we going to stay in the city or are we going to move around? And then we had a house guest around that time who we found out, um, family friend who had flown down from Philadelphia to spend some time, found out that he was informing on us, um, giving information to certain people about how we live, what we're doing, you know, what's happening in the house, who we're talking to, if anybody's coming by. When we found that out, that shit, that shit kind of fucked me up. Because this is somebody that I, I revered. You know what I mean? Like an uncle. Um, and then we had to put his ass on a plane, get him the fuck up out of here. And then we were like, you know what? Let's just shut down the house and let's figure out what we're going to do. And then um, right before we left town to head west, we, uh, we went out to Arizona for a while with friends. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we needed to spend some time with the people that were in my life to figure out because there was, there's been a lot of sifting through. I got 25, 30 year relationships, you know what I mean, with people in this industry and I don't know who the fuck I can trust anymore. So um, we decided to go out west, but right before we left, we had stopped up at Clyde Warren Park because we needed to walk the puppy, he was still a puppy. So I'm walking him around Clyde Warren Park because we're like, okay, we're gonna get on the road we're going to beat it through here. We'll be in New Mexico by, you know, by nightfall. So I'm walking. The dog, I'd just gotten out the car. He was still in the car at the time. And car pulls up. Behind us to park. Now, this is like 1230 at night. <clears throat> so it's like, okay, maybe they're pulling aside too, just like we are kind of. But then it was like this, they were at the top of the block and then they started inching down closer and closer and closer towards the car, little by little, like just creeping up. And husband says, get in the car. And I'm like, all right, so I pick up the dog, we get in the car. And then they start pulling up even tighter. I'm like, fuck it, let's move. You know what I mean? We had a burner in the car. But if it's going to go down like this, nigga, we about to have some fucking fun. Mm. So we take off from there, we pull, they follow us. And I'm like, are we paranoid? Are we too high? You know what? Let's, let, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, fuck it. Let's, let's figure out what it's really fucking hitting for. So we pulling up to the red light. I said... This one's going to change, and then this one's going to change not long after it. Don't stop. Run the fucking light. So my husband takes off. They follow us. First red light. They continue to follow us. Second red light. The safety off. <laughs> oh, it's about to go down. Yeah. <clears throat> so, boom, we going. He's like, I'm like, uh-uh. Pull up to Fuel City. I want cameras and I want lights. If motherfuckers is going to see us busting shots, that shit's going to be documented. So boom, we go. They fire on us. Ooh, peel off. Next thing you know, we pull off, turn the car around. We sitting there facing the street waiting for somebody to drive the fuck up. One car takes off, skids off, gets back on 35. The other one rolls right down riverfront. And speed, and I mean both, speeding off. It wasn't one car, it was two cars. 
There was one that came to approach us. There was another one there for the ambush. They weren't Damn. expecting us to start running lights. <clears throat> I guarantee you, if we had a sat at that light, that's when that other car would have came up. Damn. And it's business time. <clears throat> so we had luggage in the car. We were all packed up. Everything that we needed in the storage unit was in the storage unit. We headed west. We have friends out there, and we have friends out there that have anger problems just like me. So it worked. Um, and we were there until we weren't. And, you know, it was kind of hard because you go viral, so it makes it a little bit harder to hide in plain sight. So, of course, no matter what state we popped up, it's a Jaguar! Right. But but during but during that time, you uh while you were on the road, you were doing I seen you doing a lot of interviews with Stormy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually that was right before we left. Got you. Storm happened before we left. When we had to leave was the, when we did the Tasha K interview. Got you. Got you. And Storm wasn't supposed to get what he got. Right. But I gave it to him. Right. See, Tasha wanted him to fluff me up. She was supposed to get the big interview, but I gave it to him. I knew what I was doing because I wanted to see what the fuck she was really all about. You've planted <clears throat> people in my life. You've planted people around me. Y'all doxed me. Then we went to Vegas. And that bitch Toxic Diamond, who also worked for Tasha K. And all of this was leading up to surviving Jaguar Wright. We're doing an interview at a Las Vegas station. All of a sudden, Toxic Diamond just moved from Atlanta to Vegas. Living out of a hotel on the strip. The night before we did the interview, Somebody hit us with a message, hunting jaguars, all this demonic shit, the Illuminati's coming to get you, Clive Davis is coming to kill you, and, and, and you know, whatever, whatever. But it wasn't until we got sent another message from the same fucking account, from the hotel right across from ours, and the shit was facing our hotel window. I'm like, oh! Oh! Oh, they, y'all playing, playing, playing. So Shit. we ended up having to leave early. Um, we got a phone call from a trusted source. We had to leave because somebody was coming up the service elevator for us in an hour. And I'm glad I still have friends in Vegas. So then they tried to stall out our luggage because we weren't allowed to take our luggage down. The bellman had to take it. Our luggage was rifled through and robbed from the time it came down from the suite to the car. They kept trying to keep us there. I had to press the issue to get my car. And I'm like, y'all motherfuckers is doing too much. If I want to check out early, I should be able to check out early. Oh, well, this is only happening because you're checking out you know, early. What do you mean because I'm checking out early? If I want to check out fucking early, I should be able to check out early. Right. Right. You, you starting to make it sound like you're trying to keep me here. Is there a reason why you're trying to keep me here? See, there's a moment when North Philly just kicks right in. I'm sitting there talking to the valet guy. 
ma'am, I don't know why it's taking so long to get your car. It usually doesn't take this long. And I looked at him and I said, I want you to understand something. You getting me my car right now is good for you. <laughs> because if they come, I'm going to grab your ass and hold you close. <laughs> and you're going to get touched right with me. Now go get my motherfucking car, bitch. And you knew I wasn't playing. Oh, you don't want to get my car? When the motherfuckers come, you're going to be my shield, baby. Kevlar! Mm. Got my car. You were able to finally get to the luggage. He had to go and track the luggage down. Couldn't find the bellman that had our shit. He went on break. So he came up to the room and took our shit to bring our shit downstairs to meet us in the lobby with the car. But while he took our shit, he went on break. <laughs> I made enough noise. We did what we had to do. We got back in the desert. So I, I got to ask, when, when you speak your truth, does that make you not want to actually speak out and actually keep it as real as you kept it in these interviews? There have been days where I thought to myself, maybe it's just too much trouble. Oh. And then I remember... That's my fucking purpose. And that's their purpose. To make me as uncomfortable as possible. So I won't want to speak. That's the objective. So all I can do is make smart choices. And believe that everything that happens, happens for a reason. Even if I lose my life, it was meant to be that way. Like I said, talking to y'all earlier about faith. Yes. What, we what do I really believe in? I believe that everything that happens, happens within the will of God. Happy mm. Shabbos. I believe that everything that happens, happens within the will of God. That means everything that I've said, everything that I've done, everything that I happened, that has happened, that's about to happen, is happening as it is supposed to. Oh, yeah. Amen. For me to argue with that is for me to argue with what I really believe in. So, so I have to, yeah, uh, that's, that's that. So you mentioned surviving, surviving Jaguar. Mm. So, Ooh. I know. It's you want to like, know what's funny? Yeah, go I'm ahead. mad because I've been surviving me too. <laughs> right. All my life. So, the first question is, you have not watched it. Let's just... No, I've you, seen clips, but clips. I've never watched Okay. So, after our interview, um, you, Stormy, uh, Tasha K, you, you know, mm -hmm. and then this uh, Surviving Jaguar is a trailer comes out for it. It's coming out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you have wind of it that it was coming that you knew it was building? Because you had mentioned that there's a reason she has the numbers to the people that she got anyway. How does she get the X number? How does she get? I gave it to her. I texted mm. it to her. For You're what, welcome, bitch. Yeah, for what purpose? What purpose? What, that was to say, okay, well, let me just give you other people that could tell my story or? Have you ever heard of the saying? It's an old Chinese proverb, beating the grass mm. 
to find out where the snakes are. You know, sometimes in still grass, everything looks normal. But if you just stomp or you throw something down, you'll see. You see that or even just the movement. You might not even see the snake, but you know that shit ain't moving by itself like that in, this, in that pattern. And at that point in time, I was doing a lot of that. See, I know my ex-husband is a narcissist. I know he's a liar. I know he likes the attention. <clears throat> but I was more interested in seeing what he had the balls to actually fucking say. Out in front. See, he lived off of me. He lived off of my fame. He made relationships off of me, off of my fame. I know he missed it. That's why for a while, I shut my shit down. Mm. You love me? Let's see what you fucking love. I'm going to take all of this shit the fuck away. You love me? Or did you love what I could do for you? Mm. I'll never forget the first time I went to my dad when I was contemplating divorce. And I said, you know, I know this shit ain't working. I know it's not right, dad. I know he's the wrong one. But I feel bad because I made that commitment. I said forever. And I haven't been an angel. And he keeps saying to me, he can't live life without me. I said, and it looks so real. It looks so genuine. Am I just that cold-hearted? You know what I mean? That I, what am I missing? Because it's not adding up. My father looked at me. He said, baby, it's because he's not lying. He's telling the truth. He can't live this life without you. That nigga's nothing without you. Damn. <clears throat> he said, it ain't got nothing to do with loving you. But losing access to that life, he ain't never going to get a taste of that nowhere else. He means that. That's why it looks sincere and genuine. Yeah. <laughs> Where he going to get another you? I got I to gotta ask. There's one thing that he said that blew me away. He said sure. when y'all were living in a, in a, I guess y'all was living in a hood, you retiled the whole apartment to make it, make it feel like a home. Is that real? Well, see, there's a whole part of the story that he's leaving out. When I met him, I had a roommate, a guy roommate, and we were friends. Um, he cared for me greatly. We tried dating. It didn't work, but we were great roommates and great friends. So when my ex-husband came into my life, you know, we were living off South Street, like living in Deep Ellum. And I had this boyfriend now that was over all the time. Next thing you know, he started bringing clothes over. He had his suits in the closet. And I'll never forget, Lost we woke up one Sunday morning because me and Joe would do that, my roommate. You know, we would turn on Marvin Gaye. He would go out, get the bagels. I would start making the eggs and he would grab the locks and like we had Sunday and then sometimes friends would come over or whatever. So he went downstairs. He was like, Jay, where are the car keys? And I'm like, they're not where they always are. 
He said, I would think that someone stole my car, but my keys, where are the keys? And I'm like, I don't know. We shared everything. He shared his car with me. This nigga decided to get up and take the car. You're a guest here. This is my roommate. We're friends. You just don't get up and take this nigga car. <laughs> it's not my car. Yeah, I'm always in it. Jack, that was a red flag, though. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> but you can't just take this nigga car. <laughs> there was lots of red flags. Yeah, but that was red flag number one, right? Lots of red flags. But my shit was weird in that, at that time. Because I wasn't quite sure whether or not I really wanted to be with this nigga. You're 22, right? Yeah, I was 22 at this time. Yeah, we all. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, see, you don't understand. I was kicking it with, with Common, and I was fucking with little X on the side. And my ex-boyfriend had billboards all over Manhattan for Kevin, Cl um, well, no, Kenneth Cole <laughs> reaction. Yes, he uh, okay. Yeah. The light-skinned nigga with the blue-green eyes back in the day who used to do the backflips with the shoes, the Kenneth React. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was my nigga. So I had all of this, this, this action, all this option, but he clung the tightest. And I really didn't want a celebrity relationship. Mm. And I knew that being in a relationship would make it possible for me to work with the niggas that I wanted to work with and always have an out to not have to fuck them. So he was a convenient option because he clung so tight. So after that, he came back with the car. Oh, I didn't think it would be a problem. I'm like, all right. I got to get him the fuck out of here. Because you're changing my friendship now. So I went and I found the first thing that I could find. It was a dump crap apartment, Volpe Apartments. Actually, it was the first apartment that he and I lived together. It was in the same building where M. Night Shyamalan, on the same block in South <coughs> Philly, uh, St. Albans Street, where Hilly Joe Osment lived. Right. So I actually lived in one of those. Now, of course... They didn't look like that on the inside. It looked like what it looked like on the outside, but, and then they created a set, but I lived in that building. I was like, that's the only thing that makes doing this dope. Sixth sense, right? Yeah, the sixth sense. So I, we lived right there. The church that he ran to and did that, it was all right there around the corner. So, um, and then all of the Roots crew, we all lived all up and down St. Albans. We all lived within like two or three blocks of each other. Uh, we all use the same realtor. And um, it was a fucking dump, but it was last minute and it was quick. And I had to get this nigga out of my friend's house. Um, so, yeah, it was a fucking dump. It looked like a whole crime scene. I got a cab, went to Home Depot, bought everything that I needed, <clears throat> stopped at the, um, the carpet place, told them I needed them to come there and recarpet immediately. And um, I turned a crime scene piece of shit 
into a decent one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, I, I laid all the tiles myself. I oh, he didn't help? <laughs> did all of the painting. No, he, he, didn't, did, he didn't even know how to fucking caulk. Oh, that's red flag number two. You know Jack. what I mean? <laughs> Again, there were many, and I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, but he like really was like, he really thought that was dope. And I, I thought that was like, damn, that's that's. Kinda... I did a lot of great things yeah. for him. Like his birthday, when I had the Ritz-Carlton, because he, he couldn't get off of work, I had the Ritz-Carlton come and cater him a champagne brunch oh, wow. for him and his coworkers. Oh, wow. oh yeah, damn. Oh, yeah, nah, like, yeah. it was so funny, because people <laughs> kept talking about how he was talking about his illustrious career as a pool player, as yes. an amateur pool player or whatever. First pool stick he had, I bought him. <laughs> Shooting in he the gym. He wouldn't even fucking know. Anybody in pool in Philadelphia, if it wasn't for me, they're all my friends. It was so funny because remember, baby, when we went home after that shit and we was over there, Kevin Hart's brother, my boy 40, he owns one of the old pool halls we grew up. So, you know, ball busters are still there. And it was me, you, cousin came through, Reggie was there, Big Reg was there, then Shiz came through. Um, and we was in there just like, and it was like, why this pussy going to sit up there talking like he the fucking godfather of fucking pool on this shit? This fucking Let him be great for us. He was like, he was like, he went too far with that shit. Wasn't nobody trying to hear all that shit. Can the boy play? Yeah, as much time as he spends doing it, he better be good at it. Man. <laughs> I mean, he was shooting pool like 40, 50 hours a week sometimes. Like he was round the clock. He would be. Shooting pool, he would get off work, go shoot pool. He was on like four or five teams. He was always doing some shit. And it was funny because I never joined the teams. I was a street hustler. I played for money. I played for purse. I didn't start playing teams actually until after I finished my second album and I came back home and I had some time. And I was like, you know what? I'll start playing teams now. Um, but he lived by it. So like it was just really fucking interesting. And Reg and then they were sitting there clowning him and... And I'm like, it's just kind of sad because it sounds like the interview that he did was more like an advertisement for himself. There was like some advertising. Trying to sell his own personal brand. Yeah. Um, I was good to that bitch, and you know the reason why I was good to him was because I didn't love him. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, explain because. Like I said, he clung to Titus, and he was the most effective option at the time. Common was sketchy, and I already knew if I got into it with him that people would think that he was the one that put me on and that my career and my success, I never wanted to fuck with nobody in the game until I had made it because I wanted equality. Uh. I never wanted anybody saying the only reason she made it is because she's such a such girl. The only reason she made it is because it's, mm -mm. no. I, I wasn't trying to go the Mariah Carey way. You know what I mean? It's, it's um... You know, when I think about how she got signed to Sony, it still kind of fucks me up because when you have that much talent and you still got to suck dick <laughs> to get your demo tape mm. approved. And this is after being, you know, the lead background for Brenda K. Starr. Just a demo And building tape. Brenda K. Starr and all of that. Like, this is after that. Everybody knows what happened between her and Tommy Matola in that motherfucker shit on the way to her first listening party. They seen her coming up from giving him head in the back of the shit. And everybody knew. Everybody talked about it. Mm. That's why she got the access that she got. 
She ended up marrying him, didn't she? Then she made him divorce his wife and made him fight her for alimony and child support after that woman had been married to him for 25 years. But do you respect the girl that got good head enough to get make that happen? Or is it? Listen to me. This is how I feel. Whole shit is whole shit. Music shit is music shit. Worst thing that ever happened to females in music was that they started using whole shit to market music. Ugh. Like there's supposed to be a fucking difference. So that's um, like going to a Catholic church and your priest ain't really a priest. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he, he got yeah, he be you know what I mean the holy hey. most pimp pope. Yeah, really, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Rather than the incense thing, this nigga coming through burning sticks, you know what I mean? Like you mixing the wrong kinds of shit. Now I'm I'm glad you touched on this because women hip hop right now is pretty much the hottest thing going. Like as far as period. I mean, is it? How many records does Sweetie sell? Good. That bitch got eighty million followers and she sold two thousand fucking um things. Yeah. I, I was I was I was gonna lean more towards Glorilla. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not very familiar with her. She's uh, very. She's from Memphis. She's very talented. That's uh, what I've been hearing. Yeah. But I'm still stuck on Rhapsody. Yeah. Right. Right. As you should. Like I'm still waiting for Rhapsody to have her fucking blow up moment. Like big blow up. Like I'm really not even trying to hear about another female rapper to, rapper until Rhapsody get her fucking flowers. Yeah, if not for real, we, we need that to happen immediately. Like, we needed to happen. We needed it to happen three years ago. Let's just keep it all the way 100. All of the hottest female rappers are all ex-strippers. Yeah, that, that seems to be the brand. All ex-strippers. Yeah, yeah. Or they and build let's them. keep it all the way 100. They don't write their rhymes, allegedly. Nah, they don't build their bodies either. It's just all come put together. <laughs> let's just keep it, let's keep it straight. This is playing make-believe at its highest level. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, there's real MCs, female MCs that are writing their shit. Like, I would even appreciate it if they would let the real talented female MCs and ghost write for these bitches. Mm. But the women ain't ghost writing they shit. That's the it's niggas. Yeah, it's the niggas. Niggas is writing these bitches shit. Hey, man. And I was talking about this the other day on my live. All of these women are out here buying into all of the shit that all of these bitches are saying that's being written by a dude. This is a dude's perspective on how a woman should be talking, and then the other women listen to her and be like, ooh, that's how she talking. That's how I'm talking, girl. Yeah, girl. Hold up. Hold up. Oh, fuck with it. You know what I mean? Like, we all over here. But meanwhile, all of these words came from a man. Yeah. Who the fuck's power and who? I don't call that empowerment. I call that impimpment. Mm, oh, impimpment. New word. Urban dictionary. Write it down. Cosign. You yeah. ain't empowering shit. This nigga is spitting old fucking pimp shit and, and juicing it up and putting a bitch word here, there. You spitting it out on his behalf. Like, for real, for real, when you look at it, these ghostwriters is pimps and the artists are they bottom bitches. Mm. Oof. You paint it. You paint, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just moved to the rap, I guess, because you you paint a you paint a very interesting picture there. I mean, seriously.
seriously. Oof. So, but you, so you whoever's spitting the game, whoever's whoever's writing the game, right, is running the game. That's a fact. It's a fact. Party. <laughs> you want Period. You want them. And they all strippers. Yeah. And all of them are still just trying to be little Kim. <laughs> That's a fact. So I, I got a question. For Who was a figment of Biggie Smalls' imagination? Blown alive. Yeah. So as, as a woman, right, um, coming up, like, I remember you said, don't do it as an artist. But what do you think this is going to do for the future female rap artists going down the line? Like how NWA now is like more and more gangster now. What do you think this level of rap is going to do for going forward? <clears throat> I don't know. But I pray to God something drastic happens. Because let's just be honest, hip hop and females, and it's kind of embarrassing right now. Mm. And I think the whole sweetie thing, I think that sums it up best. Mm. You got 80 million followers and not even 1% was interested in buying your shit. Does that say something more about the music or the person, do you feel? No. It was the industry? It's just a game. Ah. It's just a game. You got, how many followers she got? I mean, we can check right now. <laughs> we can check right now. Let's do the math. Yeah, Let's we, see if the we math can check is right math. now, as we're live and live. Let's see if the math is math. Thirteen million. Thirteen million. She has thirteen million followers. Ten percent of thirteen million is what? One point three million. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One percent of one point three million is what? Hundred and thirty thousand. She sold two thousand. So you in the neck, wait a minute, wait a minute. So she got 1%. 1% is 130,000. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. So she almost in the, like she negative. Yeah, she like a tenth of a percent. Yeah. That, that's, that's. So back in the. Don't she got a blue check? Too? Yeah, she got a blue check. What, so what was the, what would the, okay, back in the day, right? Yeah. I feel like y'all sold more records. Why do you think the decline of the music is like they're but they're superstars, but they're only selling 30, 40,000? Because nobody gives a fuck about the music. Ah. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Are you trending on TMZ? That's what I hear. That's, that's what makes me want to buy an album. What what's the juice? So the, the, I could so I can relate to nobody it. Nobody gives a fuck. Listen to me. Even when you look at this bullshit, like, even with the whole, you know, with Jennifer Huff and and the Nicki Minaj issues, and mm. then Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, and, and all of this shit, in the midst of it all. Like, the fuck? The fans. Are they real fans, though? Or are they bots? No, listen Are they to purchased? Me. I'm, I'm sure there's a good number of AI in there. Yeah. But there's, they, they got actual fucking fans that follow them. Listen to me. My girl knows the whole live on YouTube. She started advocating for Jennifer Huff, Kenneth Petty's victim. Kenneth Petty being Nicki Minaj's husband. Mm. Now, I'm wrangled up in that you were advocacy. 
I advocate for Jennifer Huff. Part of the reason why I advocate for Jennifer Huff is because it disgusts me what has happened to her life. See, when she was 16 years old, she was unfortunate enough to be raped by knife point and cut by Kenneth Petty, who was also 16. She was threatened, she was bullied. In the end, he said, fuck the trial, and he copped. He copped a plea, attempted rape, but it landed him on the sex offender registry list. By the way, he is a level three, level three sex offender. For those of you who don't understand how it works, this is how it goes. Teacher with Jaguar. First tier, level one sex offender. You on that motherfucker for 10 years. Level two, they gave you 20 years on the registry. Level three, you're on it for life. For life. Mm. For life. Mm. That's her husband. A whole eight monster sexual sadist deviant who, who likes to whittle on his women as he rapes them. That's her fucking husband. Right. Jennifer was his victim in the 90s. She moved on with her life, had children, everything was fine until this pussy marries Nikki. Now he married Nikki. He missed the menage, right? So he moves from New York to Los Angeles and, and decides he doesn't have to register anymore. Well, he ends up getting busted for it. He gets booked. The fans catch on. The blogs catch on. And then the next thing you know, they find out he's got a conviction. Then they start researching who's the victim. And now Jennifer Huff's name is drug into this shit all over again. The petties decide to engage her, offer to pay her, to recant her story so he can get off the registry. Imagine the fucking balls. <laughs> Listen to me, I know you got raped up and cut, baby, but this is what I need you to do for me. Forget you know that trauma. shit was mad long ago. Look, I'm about to get you this cash. Mm. I'll give you yay stacks, yay racks. All you gotta do is just go back to the New York State and tell them that you lied and recant your story and everything and I'm gonna hook you up on the back end. You gonna be crazy. Fucking audacity. This woman made it through this shit. Moved on with her life, and then the next thing she know, her name is all over the blogs. She ain't even know. Somebody approached her daughter. Then her family started getting threatened again by their quote unquote alleged gang ties and friends. 
She was literally minding her fucking business and got sideswiped by fame. How unlucky for her Very. that her assailant married someone famous and now drug her all back into this shit. So yeah, advocating for her was an easy choice. Is she in the business? Um, no. Yeah. Is, is no, she... She's a normal person. Yeah. Can't, has a hard time keeping jobs because all of the fucking attention, they don't want that shit around there. What? They threaten her six-year-old daughter. They threaten to rape and kill her six-year-old daughter. Her fans. The fans. The fucking barbs. Mm. Them fucking bobblehead bitches. Mm. Mm. Male and female and whatever else and however, whatever your pronoun is alike. You're a fucking barb. You're fucking stupid out of your goddamn mind. They actually got on Nosey's page in the, com in the com um, comments and said um, if they ever found out that uh, uh, Nicki Minaj committed rape, they would work to make uh, a rape legal so she wouldn't have to face no charges. That's crazy. This That's is the kind the of mindset. shit that these pussies say. The mindset. A couple of them tried to jump on my page. And I said, this is real simple. We can meet wherever you want. I just want you to say it to my face. Mm. That's all. You can say whatever you want to say to me. To my face. Mm. It's easy to be real tough like this. Mm. I mean, like, it's insane. They harass people. They track people down. But the same thing happened to me with the fucking uh, wine gang. The yeah. winos. Like, how offensive is that, that I'm being hunted by a group that calls themselves the winos? That shit is like... The winos. It's fucking awful. I'm being hunted by a bunch of fucking drunk bitches who drink box wine the and listen to a crazy bitch that's been caught in 80 million lies and owes Cardi B $4 million. The whole situation. The, so, to, to, to segue back to that, your ex is on there, but also your son is brought on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. For you, and again, I know you haven't went through and watched every minute of her, but this probably had clips. For you to see that your son is on that. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. But not because I was worried about how it was making me look. Not at all. See, I know what kind of mother I've been. You're the mother. I know what kind of mother I've been. So... I wasn't personally offended for myself. I felt bad for him because I knew when I saw the way the little clips that I had seen, I instantly knew he's automatically, un he's uncomfortable. He's talking from that stressed place. Like I know it, I know it better than anybody. I watched this human being grow up. I taught him how to walk, I taught him how to talk. I, I, I fed him. I, yeah, I potty trained him. I taught him how to stand up and pee in front of the toilet. Not even his father did that. You know, so it's, and I was married. So all that being said, like instantly, but I felt the same way when he was at the shooting. You know, when my eldest son was murdered in 2018, he wasn't allowed to come home for the funeral because his father was afraid that I was going to ask for change of custody. So he wasn't allowed to come to his brother's funeral. That's correct. And instead, my family members back home, which by the way, 
a couple of them, they were on the, the Tasha K thing too. Yes, yeah. Yeah, they all got together. Yes, and the cousins and the... And decided to have a, a, a mock funeral block party rather than coming to Texas. They was going to celebrate their way. His body was in Texas, but they having a little service in Philly. God, shit. They were upset that I didn't fly him home. And I'm glad I didn't fly him home because you want to know what happened at that gathering on Hawthorne Street on the 5700 block of Hawthorne Street? Go ahead. Man, in Frankfurt, Philadelphia, some of my son's friends decided to come to the gathering. And the reason why I got my son out was because their enemies showed up and shot up the party. Killed my son's best friend right in my son's face. My boy, my baby boy. If he hadn't been in Texas with me, he would have never seen that. He would have never been there for that. He had to go run under the table while his dad ran off to go get the car so they could speed off. And when I found out, because I got a phone call, and it was at the repast dinner that we were having, it was literally on the day of my son's funeral. I get the phone call. They shot up the block. They killed Giovanni, best friend. And I'm like, what? Who was there? Sam is gone. He all right. What do you mean, Sam? My son was there? He all right. He ain't, he ain't catch no heat. He ain't catch no heat. Let me call my son because I know how he is. I know this got to be fucking him up. I call my son. The first thing, I'm like, are you okay? Are you, just tell me, are you okay? It's not dad's fault, mom. It's not his fault. It, 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 could've, it could've happened to anybody. It, it could've happened to anybody. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just want you to know, dad, it's not dad's fault that, that, that I saw the shooting. He, he didn't know it was gonna happen. It could've happened to anybody. I said, fuck all that. Are you okay? Huh? I said, take a deep breath. Have you even thought about yourself at all? Are you checking up on you? Fuck your dad. Are you okay? Give me the phone. Listen to me. I didn't plan this. We didn't know it was going to happen. Look, he'll call you back. Now, I want you to think about this. An autistic young man who buckles at pressure and crumbles in chaos. Not allowed to go to his brother's funeral, forced to go to some fake ass ceremony or slash block party, watches his brother who had just been murdered the week before, watches his brother's best friend be murdered right in front of him. And then he's spirited off and downloaded. If you talk to your mom, you make sure you let her know it's not my fault. The fuck? Yeah, so. No, what kind of fucking sick ass motherfucker call yourself a parent do you gotta be to know that your child who suffers and struggles from dealing with pressure and anxiety and all of this shit. He's been suicidal twice. He's had to be in a, he, he, I mean, he's been on suicide watch in a fucking mental, mental hospital twice. 
before he turned 18. And all you thinking about is how it makes you look? Suck every dick that you lie about, bitch. Suck every dick that you lied about, bitch. Mm. You don't give no fuck about my child. You give a fuck about what you do to my child and how it affects me. He was recently on a night and day podcast in which you and your son now are. Yeah. Everything's, he's home. Yeah, he's home. Everything's copacetic. Everything was always copacetic. There was never a bad moment. There was never an argument. When he finally found out, because he didn't even know that that was a whole documentary thing, he didn't know. <laughs> he didn't find out until somebody approached him about it in the street. See, they kept him quarantined off, you know? Oh, yeah. Nobody yeah. told him what had been going on. So when he finally found out about it, he became very awkward about it and all of that. And he said, Mom, I had no idea. I said, shh, I know. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's so needed as a mother to be able to give, it's okay. It's okay. He could wear that forever. Like, damn, what did I do? And, you know, please understand, this is the same child that I sat in jail for for eight months on a bullshit case that I had to beat in fucking Cook County Jail. Mm. Behind that pussy ass motherfucker. Mm. I had legal custody of my son here in Dallas, Texas, but I was charged with child abduction in Chicago and Chicago refused to work with the DA's office here. So I was forced on a governor's warrant for a mm. nonviolent crime, $150,000 bond. I was forced to be extradited from Lou Starrett to Cook County and fight that case. Mm. By the way, I had a whole fucking jazz tour set up. Was forced to miss that. Had eight other shows. I had fucking 25 shows set up. All forced to be missed. Meanwhile, there's another trial happening in Dallas that I'm fighting while I'm sitting in jail for custody of my son of me, not losing custody of my son that I had just gotten. I didn't lose custody of him because I was a bad mother. I lost custody of him because I was still in fucking jail. I'm sitting on, in the fucking social worker's office fucking representing myself. At my custody case here while I'm fighting a child abduction case there. Meanwhile, I have custody. But I abducted him in another state that nobody fucking lived in. Because my ex-husband wasn't even living there. When they arrested me, that pussy had already moved back to fuck the Philly. But see, he was busy fucking that goddamn detective, that ugly ass bitch who was so grateful to have a good looking man or her. Uh, yeah. Hooking him up with some polos from time to time. That that bitch charged me anyway, and I was forced to fucking sit. And guess what happened when we finally got to trial? Null a prosecute. No. Oh. All charges dismissed. They couldn't even go through with trial. The fucking judge looked at the paperwork and fucking laughed at him. And on top of that, 
The fucking interview that I did that was filmed in interrogation when I first got there before they booked me into the county, I had my fucking Dallas County paperwork my custody paperwork and everything that came from my lawyer. I took that shit and I, I shoved that shit in my shirt. I had them papers on me when I went into interrogation. Take off my handcuffs. Are you willing to talk to us without an attorney? I said, yeah, under one condition. What? That I'm allowed to use my paperwork. I had to take it out when I first got there because, you know, I have to go in the cells and sit in the tombs and wait for them to bring me the fuck upstairs and all of that shit in the dead of winter. Mm. In Chicago, in the dead of winter, I went from Texas. It was fucking 78 degrees when we fucking left uh, Love Field to minus two. I come upstairs, they get my paperwork. I said, do you see mm. all this? Do you see the county seal? Fuck y'all. You ain't got no case. Mm. Fuck y'all. For all we know, those are fakes. You can easily call the DA's office in Dallas County and have them authenticated. They've been trying to reach you for months. They said y'all uh, refused all their phone calls. All of this is on camera. Then the white motherfucker. Old ignorant dude. Real Chicago. Real fucking kibasa chua, you know. Why are you talking to her like this? Why are you treating her? You're not supposed to treat her like that. I said, treat me like what? Like a person? I said, oh yeah, she's supposed to treat me like a nigga, right? I don't know who you think you're talking to. I was like, this is on camera, right? I said, like a nigga, right? I said, what's it gonna take to get you upset? Cause I'm fitting to make you upset. Well, I can't believe you would pull out the race card. I said, why not? You already know you fucking putting on a pony show for him. He's my friend. I said, yeah, until you're the only black person in the room and then you a nigga too, bitch. Fuck y'all. Y'all ain't going to drop it. Take me to the county. Book me in. I'm ready to go to trial. Y'all got three days to indict me. You already two weeks late. Let's fucking do it. And with 180 documents and a public defender, I beat that case. With the public defender. Congrats on that, because that's, that's important. Yeah, but I lost custody of my son because I was still in jail. Yeah, exactly. Eight months. Ugh. Ugh. Mm. What can you do? I could have came home and fought. I could have came home and fought. And then I thought about my son. More court. More testifying. More, already $137,000 and some odd, some odd wasted on lawyers and bond fees. And that was his whole college. That was all his college money wasted on that fucking case. Yeah. Yeah. Wasted on that case. When well, he was 16, he was only going to be 18 in two years. I let him ride it out. Because if I keep fighting, this nigga's gonna keep fighting. And if I and if he even tries another motherfucking stunt to get me booked, we all gonna fucking end this shit. I spent 12 years in court with that bitch. 
12. Every time I booked a tour, every time I was working on a project, court paperwork, court paperwork, court paperwork. It's like the fucking divorce that never end. How about that? You think I'm gonna put pressure on my son for anything? Knowing that the only reason his mom is going through hell and losing money and losing work and going through all of this shit is because I believe in him. I told him, I don't even feel like doing, I don't feel like doing this shit. And if your dad pulls a stunt, I might have to go away. But I'll do it for you. What do you want? I want to fight, mom. I want to get away from him. Well, then fuck it. Book you into the cooking. Fuck it. That's who I am. Now, I have to ask, because you got married young, or yeah. what they consider young. Uh, during that... It was young. It was young. And the reason I want to say it was young, because... And I want you to address it, because you're here, and you know yeah. you, you spoke it on yourself, but... The Talib Kweli situation. Yeah. Was that a situation when you were willing to kind of throw That's everything? That's such a bad fucking memory now. Yeah, it, I, it, I, <laughs> shit, like I feel man. bad. Like I was watching Saturday Night Live and I was like, you look like a whole fucking nerd. I can't believe I fucking had sex with you. Like I really can't. Were you willing to throw it all away for Talib at the time? At the time. Oh, you talking about the affair? Yeah, at, at the time. Okay, let me break it down. Okay. Apparently, Talib was interested in me before I got married. When I got married, it was me and my ex-husband had only been in each other's lives for nine months. We eloped, and that was it. So the, first, the last time Talib had seen me, he came to Black Lily. I wasn't married yet, and the next time he came, I was married. He was very upset about it. Um, and, you know, I wish you hadn't got married. You don't know what I feel about you, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, great. Um, I was weird about that shit. I was like, okay, yeah, all right, what up? Go fuck another bitch, you'll get over it. <laughs> you know, and it's, you know. Um, but then made it through the summer, and my marriage was already bad. Like, it was already bad. Like, three months in, it was bad. He had some kind of psychosomatic issue, so he had erectile dysfunction. He had to go to the strip club to get arousal. And I'm like, you, only, you ain't got a lot to go to the strip club. I'm at the strip club. Right. And these bitches like me more than they like you. I'm more fun. People keep forgetting I'm bisexual. So, you know, I think he hated the fact that bitches was more into me than they were into him. Um, I was just more fun. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the shit was already bad. I, I was already contemplating divorce. And then the OK Player tour happened, and then I found out that Talib was signing on. And then um, first day of tour, he was on the fella's bus, and then he decided he was going to move to my bus. And then we started having green tea in the mornings. Yeah. And talking about philosophy and jazz and shit. And then it was, Jag, I can't believe you married, and yada, yada, yada. So on the second night of the tour, we was fucking. Mm. I said, fuck it. Mm. That nigga over there 
we over here. And then he was calling my room and I wasn't answering. And this was like, I wasn't carrying cell phones in 1999 like that, you know, especially not around and shit. I didn't give a fuck. There was always somebody around. It was always waiting. Plus I liked not being reached so easily. Um, and then that's when Tina snitched me out and told my ex-husband that I was in Talib's room and then he flew out and all that shit. I think the best part about that whole story is that night and day turned it into a cartoon, that shit. I'm glad it happened just for that. Cause that shit is funny as fuck and accurate. So, um, you know, all of that shit happened and then it was like, I was planning on filing for divorce, and then he came, and he was so heartbroken. He was always so fucking heartbroken. God, I wish he had been as big of a dick then as he became later, like. Can <laughs> you broke my heart. I can't believe you fucking had sex with him. Why not? He's a fucking rapper. <laughs> I've been fucking rappers. <laughs> you did this to me. You did that to me. Like, you ain't doing shit while I'm away. I was thinking about, I can't believe you want to get divorced. We're supposed to be together. We're supposed to have children. And then it was all about children after that. Children, 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 children. So I ended up having a baby in the middle of the release of my first album. You know, the pressure. He was my husband. I decided to marry him, so I gotta make it work, I gotta make it look good, I gotta make it look good for my family because I was a teen mom and I needed to create a family for my illegitimate child and I gotta do this and I gotta be this and I gotta be that and I gotta be this and I gotta be that and you know, I mean, I think it lasted as long as it did because I had so many wonderful affairs. Mm, wow. You know, if it, <laughs> my they, marriage. They, they, often, they often say affairs help marriages. I mean, I don't know if it helped mine, but it definitely prolonged it. Because see, every time I fucking had an affair, then I was the bad guy. And then I had to sit there and I had to be humble and go to therapy. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was always, but that's funny though, because I was always kind of like the nigga in a relationship. <laughs> Nah, facts. Um, you know, like I'll never forget the one time that me and my ex got into it when we were still at the family house in Voorhees and I had looked over all the phone numbers on the phone bill. I was checking it because I had some issues with Sprint at the time sometimes. Back then, Sprint got really interesting with the billing. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm going through the numbers and I keep seeing this repeat number that's coming from his line. And so I called it. And it was some bitch that he was fucking with. And, um, and she said, you know, I'm sorry. I, I know he's married, but he said that you were in an asylum and you had lost your mind and he was lonely and da 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 I was like, okay. I said, well, thank you, because what I'm about to do right now is lose my whole fucking mind. <laughs> and she said, are you okay? I said, babe, you have no idea. I'm good. She said, why? I said, because I'm going to the Cayman fucking Islands this weekend. Right. Thank you. Guy that I used to date had a plane. <laughs> he had been asking me to go to the Caymans with him so we could go gambling and kick it and do all that shit. But I was trying to be good, you know, giving my marriage a chance, <laughs> you know. And uh, then when I found the bitch's phone number, I'm like, yeah. 
So I called Henri and I tell him I'm available. And he told me he was gonna have the plane in Atlantic City at the tarmac. And I'm like, what time? And I'm like, I'll be there. So I start packing, we get everything <laughs> together. I cook some food and make sure that there's supper there in the house. You know, I'm not gonna leave real ignorant. You know, right. I'm gonna cook. And I cooked supper. And then my ex-husband came in and he, well, where are you going? I'm going to the Caymans. I'm going to Grand Cayman for the weekend. With who? With Henri. <laughs> who the fuck is that? I said, I don't know. <laughs> who is he? I said, I could ask you the same about this number. The highlighted number. Who the fuck is this? Right. Oh! Bye -bye. I said, it's cool. I already talked to her. She told me everything. Bye-bye. Dinner's in the stove. <laughs> and I'm finna go. I'm finna go. You're not gonna leave. Yeah, I am. I got a plane waiting on me. I'm going I'm getting the fuck up out of here. Oh, so you think that don't you don't think we need to talk about this? I said, no. You fucking a whack bitch, and I'm fucking a nigga with a plane. Damn. <laughs> oh shit. God damn. I said, point blank, and I said, anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Yes, you can, no, you can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't, bitch. Bye. I'll be back Tuesday. My mom will take the kids if you want to go out and fuck this bitch or something. We good. But the food is in there. Everything is, you know, be well. It sounds like a good ass movie. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> and I rolled out. Shit. And then it kind of just got like that. Um, the marriage just kind of became that. It was a series of affairs. But if y'all, if you like women, why y'all didn't ever just think about like, Doing things together? Like we tried that once. Oh, okay. And I felt bad about it because the woman that we tried that with was really in love with me and she didn't want to sleep with him, but she did it because of me. And there was a there was a day, there was an experience that happened, and I saw how uncomfortable she was. And she just kept looking at me. She's sitting there fucking him, but she's sitting there staring at me saying, I love you. I love you. And I'm like, yeah, this is too much. Now I went into the bathroom. I started freaking out. He likes to tell the story as I got jealous of seeing him with another woman. I'm sure he <laughs> likes to tell like that. And I mean, that's cool. But the problem is the only time she would fuck him is if I asked her to. You know, it's one thing to brag on your dick if a bitch is really all about you and all for you. But if your wife has to make a bitch fuck you. Are you really the player that you you think you are? Like you're definitely not. <laughs> you're definitely not. I mean, he used to drop my name to chicks. Well, you know, I manage Jaguar, right? And da -da 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 -da, yada yada yada, and that was his come on line. I said, you can't even get pussy without me. That's deep. That's tough. You know, so when it gets that, when it gets down to that, yeah. You just kind of stopped giving a fuck. And um, it went to levels of don't give a fuck. And then I started noticing what it was doing to my son. Yeah. And I said, this has to stop. Me and you, we can play these games all day long. I've been fucking broken and built myself all the way back up again, but I'll be damned if I'm gonna let this shit kill that angel of a soul. 
And then that's when it just, you know, we got to the divorce. And then fucking the decade of ugly, the decade plus of ugly after that. He's been trying to make me feel sorry for so long. And I'm glad that I finally got into a place when it comes to that individual where I've made peace with it to a certain extent. Um, it was just really interesting because before my son came home, when he was still up there, um, he was supposed to be coming for Christmas. We were trying to work it out. And then it just got weird. And then he was supposed to be going to Miami with my sister, but then he couldn't go anywhere because his dad couldn't afford to pay um, a ticket. And apparently he had like open heart surgery or some shit. And, you know, so his heart's all fucked up now. And, you know, and it's, it's interesting. You would think that while he's dealing with all the complications of his life breaking down, I'm the smoker, I'm the drinker. He's supposed to be the perfect one. But they had to bust your heart open and unclog your arteries and shit and do all kinds of shit to you. He's had every kind of health scare. I think you could think of from prostate to the this to the that. And it's like, have you figured out yet that maybe the universe is trying to tell you something? <clears throat> like, every time he do something fucked up to me, something bad happens to him. And you still keep justifying it and, you know, so whatever. So at the end of the day, I guess to sum it all up, I'm good. I'm good with it. Every fucking torture that he's put me through in my life has been worth it to me because it was all for my son. Amen. And the one thing that my child knows better than anybody that nobody else could ever possibly know or understand is that I'm the parent that's willing to die for him if need be. He knows that. He knows there's nothing that I won't do for him. There's not a lot of people that can say that about their parents, without a doubt. I went to jail for him. I fought cases for him. I've dealt with bullshit for him. And yeah, no, I, I love him. Now, you Probably love him more than I've ever loved anyone in my life. Now, you, you said an astronomical number while we was talking. <laughs> what? 1.5 million. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, how much money he beat me out of? Yeah. Fleecing my fucking accounts. Doing all kinds of shit. Going to my ex-business manager, which is why I fired him and having him cut checks while I'm on the road for nothing. All kinds of shit. Meanwhile, I come home and I got to pay foreclosure on my house because you ain't paid the fucking mortgage while I was gone either, bitch. There's a whole lot of fucking shit. I, he done beat through a whole lot of fucking cash. And he's still sitting here begging for another $16,000 in child support. I'll get around to it. I'm about to challenge it because the number's wrong. You know, technically, <laughs> I've been unemployed. There you go. Stand on You can't charge me whatever you thought you was going to charge me for, for <laughs> child support. I have to be able to prove that I made said income. My son was murdered. I was grieving for a year. Right. And then after that, the pandemic came. And then I had a whole emotional breakdown over a friend dying. And I fucking cried bloody murder on the whole world. And then my life was threatened. I had to go on the road. And all of this shit has been documented online. So, yeah, didn't nobody make no fucking money. Mm. Technically. Now... I want to touch on a friend, Diane, but even before we get there, I got to ask you about 2000, 2001. 
Jay Z unplugged. Yeah. Jaguar Riders there, yeah. heart of the city. Yeah. It's the, it's the 21 year anniversary. It's the 21 year anniversary, month. and I don't think we've seen nothing like that since. And I know you posted it. We're going to talk about the network, but I know you posted it and put it out mm-hmm. there. Uh, I want you to touch on the either the genius or the insanity of Jay-Z. Um, this man, as far as what he's done since then, mm. is, you know, either preordained, destined, or he had a plan. Mm. But it seemed like he geared himself towards it. But mm. you were there to witness it firsthand from what he was back then. Mm. I just want you to like, because, you know, not many people have a firsthand account of what this man is doing and what he's about to do. In 21 years, I have never had anything to say about Mr. Sean Carter other than the fact that we had a pleasant working relationship and he was an excellent businessman. 21 years. In 21 years. And after 21 years. What I will say to you is, is, is this. The first time I ever saw Jay-Z or even heard him spit a rhyme was at an MC battle, street battle in New York. But he didn't show up as Jay-Z. He didn't show up as the hottest rapper on the street. He showed up as the nigga that was with Big L. Rest For in those peace. of you. Rest in peace, Big L. Rest in peace, Big L. One of the that dopest. The One of the dopest. Yes. Big L was who put Jay-Z on. Without question. And then Big L died, and then the next thing you know, Jay-Z. And then, you know, he starts clienteling with Tupac and clienteling with Biggie and doing songs with Biggie and building a working, you know, camaraderie with Honeycombs and um, AKA Diddler, I mean Diddy. And um, why do you give him the honeycombs? Why, why do you give him honeycombs? Because he smacks so sweet. <laughs> that fucking sodomite. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, then, you know, and then reasonable doubt was happening, and then Dame's in the picture, and Dame's building Rockefeller, and everybody's talking about Jay Z, Jay Z. And don't get me wrong, there is nobody who loves reasonable doubt more than me. Mm. At the time of. Nobody. No, still. Yes, to this day. Still. Listen to me. I don't give a fuck how I feel about you. For me to have bad feelings about someone and not acknowledge art and its greatness or at its finest is hating. Maybe I don't fuck with you, but them shoes is hot, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's... You got to be real. Mm. So I will never. Shit, I was just listening to Watch the Throne earlier this week, and I'm and that shit was enraging me. Because I'm like, y'all motherfuckers was living for this fucking album and was Kanye, 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 Kanye. And then all of y'all made all of this money on this motherfucking dude, and now all of a sudden. Who, him? Look. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like he was good enough when you let him slump just Blaze's fucking whole career. Mm. He how, was the shit. That's how it's shooting the it, it, it was worth putting just Blaze on the line for because just Blaze was Rockefeller production until Kanye. Yeah. 
Who's Just Blaze producing for now? That I don't know. Who is? Yeah, I about to say that I don't know. And he was there. He was. He was the movement. Where is Just Blaze? Yeah. I mean, he was making hoes beats. You got title. You're a billionaire. Mm. Where the fuck is Just Blaze? That's the question. Is he, why is he, he's not at least an executive at Rock Nation? He's not at least an executive at Title? At least. Like I said, Biggie, Biggie died, Tupac died. And then there was the, the, the fight between who was the top rapper now, Nas and, and Jay-Z. And then the next thing you know, Nas has a nervous breakdown and he's taken out of the game and then it's all Jay-Z. It's all Jay-Z. It's all Jay-Z. And he was working with R. Kelly and they were making so many records together. You know, they made all of those records together. They both fucked Aaliyah. They shared so much in common. You know? And then there was a falling out. And that's like it never happened. Whoever talks about best of the both worlds, best of both worlds. Nobody talks about that. Nobody project. talks about this shit. Nobody they, they, talks they, about that project. That nigga swept that smooth under the rug. Why? <laughs> yeah, we know why. You know what? I got a better question. Yeah. How valuable is a Biggie Smalls verse? Mm. Yeah. Puffy has been making money off of Biggie's name for longer than Biggie was alive. People keep forgetting he hadn't turned 25 yet. He was still 24 when he died. It's been over 25 years. Fucking Puffy has been making money on that boy's name longer than he lived. It supported all of Bad Boy. His catalog. Clearly, a Biggie Smalls verse is very valuable. Am I wrong? Does anybody disagree with me? No, that's facts. So then what the fuck happened to the commission? What happened to that album? Right. It was recorded. It was being mixed and mastered upon Biggie's death. It was supposed to have came out that summer after Biggie's album, because Biggie's album was slated. He died a week and a half before his album came out. Then the commission was supposed to come out, and that was supposed to be his exit from Bad Boy. And then starting his own company. <clears throat> so tell me something. And this ain't me being an asshole. I think everybody that knows Sean Carter knows that he will slump anyone in any relationship for a dollar. Look at how he did Dane. Like, I don't give a fuck if you wanted to get away from your homie, if you wanted to get away from your partner, but to do it the way he did it, it's malicious. But maybe that was because he was fucking the girl that didn't want you. Oh. Let the church say amen? I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why you moved his ass around and out of Rockefeller so tough and then just moved right over to Def Jam. 
By the way, wasn't this all around the time when Aaliyah died? Yeah. And Beyonce's solo career was struggling. Jam on your horn now, that fucking bullshit ass record. Mm. From the Austin Powers shit was some of the worst shit ever. They were having a hard time taking her solo. And then Aaliyah died. And then they brought Rich Harrison in. You know, I kind of think it's crazy right now. She liked posing with him in pictures for, for page six. Aaliyah didn't. She fell in love with Dane. And Aaliyah's gone. And, you know. You have to start asking yourself questions after being in this business for this long. If you're a halfway intelligent person, when do you start questioning how lucky some motherfuckers keep getting? Right. Yeah. Is it really a conspiracy if the same person keeps benefiting off the same kind of tragedy over and over and over again? So to answer your question, um, I'm sure he's always going to be a billionaire and I'm sure he's got great things to happen. I mean, look, he's got the job with the NFL. He's hooking all his friends up with the halftime shows. I mean, think about it. Think about the halftime shows. Jennifer Lopez, Shakira, All Rock Nation. Now uh, Rihanna and then um, we had the whole LA thing, which of course he was involved in that and then they they pulled Mary J. Blige off to, you know, make, make sure she got that money for Kendu. And, you know, they had that, that whole moment, you know. And, but all he's doing is using his friends and the people that he fucks with, or at least the people that signs his non-disclosure agreements, he keeps getting them the Super Bowl gigs. So, I mean, like, he's doing all kinds of stuff, you know. And, and I do not begrudge him. It's just... If you gotta do the kind of things that he's done to get where he's gotten, yeah, fuck it. I, I, don't, I don't want it that bad. So, I don't want nothing that bad. So, so I, Which is why I can't understand why people are so willing to just write Kanye off as insane. And that's what I want to touch on. Like, what, do you, what, is your, what is your thoughts on some of the, do you think it's, He's trying to tell us something that we don't understand, or do you think he's really just going off the rails with no, some I of the think comments? He's telling everybody exactly what they don't want to hear. He's doing the same thing I did two years ago. It's just he's Kanye West, you know. So it's like relentless. I was like, yeah, popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, fuck it. He's you giving know, it up though. He's he's, he's 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 giving it up like it's just Chris sad. Paul. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he threw Chris Paul up under the bus. I'm like, okay. Why not? What the fuck is so special about these motherfuckers? Right. That they get to call him crazy and he don't get to say shit back. Right. Everybody can have an opinion about him, but he can't have one. Or why? Oh yeah, his loudspeaker is better than yours. Mm. See, that's the real fucking problem. It's the brands. It's the real fucking problem. Y'all talk shit about this motherfucker all the time. You don't hear him complaining. He just keeps moving. But when he starts saying, oh my God, 
you know he's ill. <laughs> you know he's, he's very unwell. Fuck out of here. So what, because he's crazy, that means he can't tell the truth. He's been crazy. He was crazy when he went up on that stage and fucking stripped that shit off of fucking uh, <laughs> uh, Taylor Swift. But did anybody pay attention to how the show ended that night? Let me point out Kanye's genius. It was the first night he performed. Let's get a toast for the douchebags. Let's get a toast for the assholes. Let's get a toast for the scumbags. Every one of them that I know. He fucking acted like all of those things. He acted it out in real life and then he sang the song. And that shit went what? Like ain't nobody even pay attention to that. Damn. He actually disrespected the fuck out of this little girl and then turned around and already had the theme song written. <laughs> so is he crazy or calculated? You tell me. <laughs> Calculate. That's the best part. The sad part is his level of brilliance is so pure that most people, it, it's like a dog whistle. That shit hide in a motherfucker. And the motherfuckers that are tuned and able to hear it are like, woo! But everybody else like, why the fuck is this motherfucker with his... You know what I mean? That's what it looks like to people. That's the difference between being woke and being conscious. I do not think he's insane. I think he suffers from extreme grief. I think he, uh, as one of the artists that I work with said, might be struggling with a little buyer's remorse. Because he did buy into the game. And maybe... He feels a little differently about some of the choices that he made in his younger years. Maybe that's why he's able to talk about his mom being sacrificed. And it's so funny because people are so quick to label that as, you know, see, I told you he's sick. I told you he's crazy. But then I went back and did a little research about her plastic surgeon. Because, you know, she died from the effects of plastic surgery. Did anybody bother to check this motherfucker out? His record was terrible. He had a bunch of motherfucking like, um, he had been sued, uh, malpractice insurance. He couldn't even get malpractice insurance for less than $10 million in some places. He, he didn't have the best record. And every interview that he did, that motherfucker looked like he, he I didn't do anything wrong. Why the fuck you so defensive? If she died from natural complications, why are you defensive as a, as a physician? I, I didn't do anything. Makes you wonder when you go back and look. You know, and then he had said in one of the interviews that he did, Kanye knows why his mom died. I just wish he would tell the truth about it. That's what the doctor said. Oh, wow. And this was a year and a half after Donda died. So if the doctor said all of these years ago, Kanye knows what happened to his mother. I wish he would tell the truth about it. And now he's saying my mother was sacrificed. I don't know. 
Is he crazy? Is he? You know, it's people love things tied up in nice little neat little boxes and they want it to be something that they can fathom in their imagination. And the truth is, life is stranger than fiction. Wow. So my opinion on Kanye West, talk, <laughs> share, and do you, bro. Because I, too, know what it feels like. Just wish my loudspeaker was as big as yours. But I'm out here fighting. Doing the, doing the thing, you know, he's, he's had it. Does he have ticks? Does he have nervous issues? Does he have shit that other people have? I got PTSD, I suffer from anxiety at times, you know, it, does that mean that I'm not capable of telling the truth? I don't know. But if the best you can do is take him from being a four billionaire to a four hundred millionaire, that's the best shot you got then. Yeah, right. I mean that's the best that's the best you can do. You take away ninety percent of his money and he still got four hundred million. <laughs> still. I'm still <laughs> and then you get his friends, people that have made money with him, money off of him, to go on TV and to shush nigga shush. Shush, nigga, shush. But it was all good when you was making money off of them. You know what I mean? I got friends that went crazy and lost their mind. I got friends who are veterans who go through real... Me and my husband have gone down to the VA to sit with people. And guess what? I might not fuck with him as much because it's a lot to take. But ain't nobody ever heard me denounce him and say that I ain't never fucking with him again or just write him off. Like, real friends? Y'all think he's sick? Y'all think he's got issues? Then why ain't you coming to his aid? Why ain't you fucking helping him? Oh, that's, that's right. He can talk because he didn't kill anybody. That's what he said. No. That's the reason why he can talk. It's because he ain't got the skeletons that the most of the motherfuckers that he know God. I wish I could be his translator. I think if Kanye could tell me what he was saying and give it to me, I could take it and deliver it how it needs to go. You know, like even with the Alex Jones interview, he really, he just has such bad delivery, but it hits so hard that I really can't hate on it. He's a Christian. He's said it a million times. He's a Christian. He believes in Jesus. And as a Christian, you're supposed to love everybody, even your enemies. Even your enemies. So if you truly live by that, why can't you say that you love Nazis? If you're supposed to love everybody, even your enemy, why can't he? He can't have the love that God has for them because God loves them too. Amen. God loves everybody. And as a Christian, you're supposed to follow the footsteps. Amen. So did he really say anything wrong? Or is he just punching y'all motherfuckers in the eye just to fuck with you because he knows 
it's going to get you riled up and then you're going to have him back in the news feed again. Like it actually took takeoff dying to slow him down in the algorithm for a second. And he's still out there. And I just, I can't judge him. I actually dig what he's doing. You know, I, I'm a provocateur as well. Shake the table, tear the shingles off the roof, you know, whatever, however you want to do it. You know what I mean? Say roof of Escalade, like whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like turn into Thanos for a second, rip up half of the world, like whatever you got to do. When people have this kind of extreme social reaction, it is a reaction to something. Sexual abuse. And, and, and the desecration of legitimate legacies and entertainment, that was the, that was the ugh for me. And it created this reaction. Something apparently happened to Kanye. Um, and this is his reaction. Another thing that you, um, you spoke on on our last interview, which is, has become more prevalent, is like, how are hip hop artists, women artists are being treated, the level of violence we're seeing now. Like we have your Creshawn Rocks and your Blue Faces and your, your Meg the Stallions. Um, when you getting see things shot, like not that, getting shot. Getting shot, not getting shot. When you see things getting like shot, that. When you see things like that, like. What's up, Tori? What are your thoughts on that? Get shot. Get shot, not get shot. Um, my thoughts are when you have people that are desperate to achieve a goal for a certain life, um, they'll do anything for it. They'll do anything. That, that's all these women are, are doing right now in female hip hop. They're proving that they're willing to do anything. It's just not working out for sweetie. Because she be doing the most. Yeah. Had a whole commercial with the, the sauce, the sweetie sauce, and I guess nobody that, what was that, the Burger King? Yeah. Was it Burger King? I think it was McDonald's. It was McDonald's, yeah. yeah. She, it, and the, the sweetie, like how couldn't you sell more than 2,000? Like you couldn't get at least 5,000 of them people that ate the meals, the sweetie meals, the sweetie deal. They couldn't. By the record, like, the deal is real. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying. The deal is real. Sell the album with the Hey. Yeah. Like. $2.99. Go get you. Let's get creative That would be, hey, that'd be hard, though. Be hard. <laughs> hey, you just got a CD in the Happy Meal? Like, oh, shit. We take what they going to do? Give you a CD? Don't nobody fucking use that shit no more. <laughs> the deal is real. We taking it back to the 80s. Fuck you, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, here's a CD. What's this? The retro meal? Like, yeah, yeah, the retro meal. <laughs> hey, that might be hard. I mean, that's the idea, though. What is you talking something. about? No, but I mean, it's just look at fucking look look at fucking Doja Cat. What the fuck is that? Now she throws off the algorithm a little bit because you know she came out of left field. Yeah, no, nah, I, I thought she was gonna be great because she, yeah, yeah, she, she came no, she came different. 
I said, the Generation Z will buy into different. Do you see how different she is now? I'll shave my eyebrows and I'll still show up on the red carpet. And Do I'm you like, see how different she is now? I, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's kind of wild. It's kind of wild now. And I, I don't think she's done. I don't think she's done. I, I think it's more to come. I think she can't be done. He <laughs> said she can't be done. I think she can never stop. So I think if she stops, she'll turn into a ninety-year-old woman and be sure. Yeah, get your feet. <laughs> the wool cover. Right <laughs> oh, it's been a. So, so she looks like a, she reads. Listen to me. She gives. She she's giving me witch. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's what she's trying to give. No, if you go back and you look at um, what's the movie? The witches with yeah, Angelica Houston. Yeah. No, Angelica oh, no, Houston. Uh, witches, the witches. Yeah, the witches. Yeah. She looked like them bitches when they would come out of their wings. <laughs> Turn into mouses, goddamn. And in the nose is ah, they're gonna eat your children. You know, and all of that shit. Like, no, hey, she's hey, giving yeah, that. I want people to stop Google the witches with Angelica yeah, Houston and then shout come out to Angelica Houston. You everything, man. <laughs> no. And you were you were awesome as Morticia. No one will ever awesome. play Morticia like yeah, you. Shout out Wednesday. But uh, you know, it's like this bitch is giving me witch. So it brings me to my question. We talked about it yesterday, and we talked about the the Turn mis- that goddamn cat. And that cat, that goddamn cat. <laughs> Listen to me. You know, you know that the cats were the guardians in the tombs. Oh, teach me something. Yeah, in the tombs, they would put cats in there. They were the guardians for the spirit world. Oh, okay. And they okay. would chase away evil spirits to keep them out of the sarcophaguses and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm always weary of motherfuckers with cats. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, lady, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're into black magic. She gives me that vibe. She gives me that vibe, and I think if she stops, she's gonna, she'll be like 80. So, we, we spoke the other day, and I said... She uh, has old-looking eyes sometimes. Uh, though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, so, when she shaved the eyebrows... It made you focus more on the eyes? <laughs> no. When she shaved the eyebrows, I simply said, why? <laughs> but you know, you're raising a good point because she was like, I'm done with music. I quit. I'm tired of my fans being harassed. And, and then she, she started- came back. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was. <laughs> <laughs> One rat tail. I've knew. I'm telling you. Put me back up. It's giving me. It's giving me that. It's giving me special potions. Do you feel so many celebrities are trying to chase the Michael Jackson mystique? I mean, I guess. You know, for me, when I think of artists like that, it's like, it's like the girl or the guy that you always wanted to get with that would never give you the time of day. That's just kind of how I feel about chasing Michael Jackson fame. Like, it's never going to happen for you. So stop. What do you feel? How do you feel no, about ne- there, No, Nobody will ever touch that. What do you feel about the comparisons, though? Like, now we have the Chris Brown comparison. Of course, he says that Michael Jackson, he will never be that. But and I'm ev- glad he's smart enough to know that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And he's the closest thing that I've seen. And unfortunately, you know, he handled up. You're right. They got him. They, they got him. He can't move right or left too far. Haven't you noticed that? Yeah. His whole fucking career has been like whack-a-mole. Every time he starts creeping up, pop! <laughs> For real. Something's just going... Am I wrong? 
Put it um, right back. Every time he's building, bop, get your head. Like a bop. <laughs> Like, yeah. if he comes anything above, like, right here, quack! Put him right there. <laughs> yeah. He should be insane. Thank God he's not. He has his moments, and he should. Because he's been in a fucking jail. For the, ever since that shit with Rihanna, he's been in fucking prison. And they holding him. And guess what? There's stuff that people know about him that I'm sure he don't want nobody to know. You know, it... it that's why it's so important to come clean and to be clean if you're going to fuck with this game in any way, shape, or form because they will use everything against you and tie you up. I wish they'd stop bopping him on the head because he's so fucking talented. So I'm curious. I just let him come out, man. Let him come out. Let him, let him come out. I dare, Chris. They've let far worse people out. You know, there's some real sick motherfuckers that people love. Fucking R. Kelly ran around the United States without in fucking punity, fucking up a whole generation of bitches. Mm. And some small boys. <sighs> Y'all let him run. Riders on the wall. Let fucking Chris run. You know? If you were to see, they have a new biopic with Whitney Houston coming out. I don't. If, if they play this movie. And you see no kind of drugs in this movie. Do you feel like it's an injustice to what this look? I feel like anything was. with her name on it is strictly for the purposes of financial gain for those who have access to her estate, including Clive Davis. Including Clive Davis. Clive Davis. This ain't a film to celebrate Whitney Houston. This is a film to uh, you know pay the pay the pay the piper. He was the one trying to bring her back, though, at the time of prior to her death, right? Fuck it was, him. Uh, okay. He needed her back. Oh, yeah. He needed her back, but he needed her back and under his control. Mm. You want to know what fucking Clive Davis did for Whitney Houston? While he was busy trying to bring her back? See, people forget, before she came to the United States, he sent her on an international tour. Mm. And she went out on tour and she was still getting high at the time um you know let's see what happens if i put in whitney houston kazakhstan mm. that's what she that's what she went you done in kazakhstan oh man this was not long before she passed away I think I know what you Oh, here's the full on. concert. She only did four songs. Yeah, I think I know you, but I think I remember the voice. Huh? Yeah, I remember you I, with the voice. I know you're about to go with this. I think I remember this one. Not just the voice. Just everything. The whole show. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Oof. Look at how she starts the show. She's performing for the president. Oh, yeah. This is his birthday performance. Oh. Oh. Is this where I am? Is it? How in the world she got paid $180,000 for four songs that night? 
This is how he had out there in the street. Oh, man. Oh, ouch. Straight to yeah, the yeah, 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 it's a... Yeah, I see that. It's definitely a... It'll make you cry if you really love music and if you really love Whitney Houston. And then after a couple of joints, you will find it hilarious. Mm. Because, not because you're happy that she's falling apart. It's just she's doing the crackhead antics so dope. You know what I mean? It was... She was in it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Nigga, what? Nigga, what is my key, bitch? Uh, like, she's uh, in front of the president of Kazakhstan. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But it was good enough to get that check, though. And then he put her in rehab to clean her up right before it came time for America, because she had to at least appear sober yeah. in America for the whirlwind story. And then, they, then they, they brought in R. Kelly to do that song for her. <laughs> The pedophile <laughs> that she had to use auto tune to sing because her lungs were so jacked up from all the smoking. And, you know, a lot of people didn't know she was a heavy smoker. She was a chain smoker. She smoked three packs in Newport today mm. and still could sing like that. But when you add in the cocaine or the crack and then the this and that and then the when they did her autopsy, they said there was nothing wrong with her throat. She, her lungs were so damaged that she couldn't fuel the notes. It was her lungs. It wasn't, her voice was fine. Oh. That's, that's, how, that's how Clive did it. And then the next thing you know, she's fucking Ray J. And yeah, then yeah, it's Grammy happened. time. And her and Clive had a fight two days before. And from what I was told, Bobby Christina was present for some of that fight. And then the next thing you know, um, she's dead. Ray J was the last person to see her alive. He let the drug dealer in, but she was sober, right? But he let the drug dealer in that gave it a shot. Leola has said, Leola Brown, Bobby Brown's sister, has said on several occasions that her, she was beaten. Mm. They saw her body. She didn't just die in a tub, like she was beat up. Oh, wow. And Brandy was the one that found her. But you know, they, they pledge allegiance to yeah. Clive too. Jeez. Well, you know, Ray J was kind of down on his luck because the whole bullshit had happened and then, you know, Whitney was dead and he was using her as he's said himself for clout and then all of a sudden he got love and hip hop. L.A. after Whitney died, and then they inappropriately put her stupid-ass goddaughter on there. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought it was all kind of cheesy. Um, yeah, so now I probably won't be watching the movie just because I know whose money the proceeds are going to, and fuck him. <laughs> fuck you royally, and fuck you for inventing Diddy. Ugh. Fuck you for that. Fuck you for letting that out of control, whack ass fucking whoremonger and sodomite just run rampant all over this goddamn fucking business. Fuck you for that. Like Andre, Andre was different. Andre had class. Andre had, had some integrity. But no, you, you, you go to get the little Chucky doll. That fucker. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm a little yeah. upset about it. Um, 
because Al B. Shore just came out of his coma and mm. I've been talking to Al and we've been texting back and forth and I'm just glad that he's alive to text. Oh, wow. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but when you think about Kim, I was thinking to myself the other day, Uptown Records started with five people. Andre Harrell, I'll be sure, Heavy D, and Puffy. And Kim was the longest working employee because she was there from the very beginning. She was Andre's personal assistant. Mm -hmm. Kim is dead. Heavy D is dead. Andre Harrell is dead. The only two left are Puffy and Al, and Al almost died. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Heavy D was found dead, face down in the heart attack. Andre Harrell, heart attack. Kim died from pneumonia, but there's the first coroner's report that said that she died. It was ruled a homicide, and they found toxins in her body to prove that she had been poisoned. You know, they, they have poisons that create heart attack and pneumonia-like symptoms. And then right after that, Al had a meeting, and I was going to meet up with him because we were in Vegas. And then the next thing you know, you want to know what they all had in common, though? The survivors and the, and, and the late of Uptown Records, they were all writing tell-all books. Mm -hmm. Andre was writing a book right before he died. Heavy D was working on a book before he died. Kim Porter was working on a book before she died. And Al B. Shore was working on the documentary of his life. And then he goes into a coma. Has Puffy ever been in a coma? Has he, has anything happened to him? He must be the luckiest motherfucker because it seems like everybody that worked at Uptown Records from the very beginning is gone. Just him. I guess Al disappointed you. You know, it's, I speak for a reason. When you see this bullshit ass motherfucking game fucking with people that you love, that you like, you know, that you. There's too many coincidences. Too many. You. Fuck you, honeycomb. Oh. <laughs> Stamp it. We're going to get you and your little dog, too. Mm. And congratulations, young Miami. <laughs> Run as fast as Cassie did. <laughs> Has anybody asked themselves about that shit? I mean, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are asking about what's, what's going on with it. Is, yeah, a lot of people are looking at it like that's the way the new relationship should work. What, uh, to get paid? Yeah, basically. She was getting 500K a month. She quit because he, he dropped her down. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where they're at with it now. No, but understand this. Think about this. And there are women in this room. 
Why would you quit? What the fuck is going on that two hundred and fifty thousand ain't enough? Ladies, like fuck the fact that that, that he. I'm just saying, fuck the fact that he cut from five hundred to two hundred. Who the fuck gives a shit? Two hundred k? Who two hundred fifty k? Who turning down two hundred fifty k a month? Mm. What the fuck is going on in that relationship that two hundred and fifty k ain't enough? Can see some things. Can see some things. That ain't worth two hundred and fifty k. That's got to be some dark shit. Mm. Like people are not understanding that that girl quit two hundred fifty k. Mm. Four million every quarter. Well, I'm sorry, a million every quarter. Shit. Now she was getting two million a quarter, but then she got you know, fuck you got going on. That's so deep <laughs> that it ain't worth a million a quarter. Mm. They told a story um, about Cassie one time, mm -hmm. and she was saying um, someone had asked her why she cut her hair, mm -hmm. and she was like, uh, well, uh, Diddy said he, he just liked it that way. And they said when she answered the question, it was like she was in a trance. <laughs> like She was just like, I just don't know. Diddy just said he would like my hair this way. Mm -hmm. and he, <laughs> it is, they was like so in awe, like how she didn't even have a thought about it. It was just what he wanted. That's how he operates. He has people followed. He has people watched. He does all kinds of fucking. He's a fucking piece of shit. Too much money. I feel, I feel bad for the kids. Mm. Like, don't think that there are moments when I'm speaking honestly about that motherfucker that I pray that his children don't hear it. Because that's still their dad. I know what it's like to have a baby with a fucked up ass motherfucker. As much as I can't stand my ex-husband, I would never want my son to feel bad about either one of us being his parent. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I would never want that. Exactly. But their father is the fucking devil. Mm. He the fucking devil. Now, I have to say, uh, you have now your own platform, Jack. Yes, I do. Dalladelphia. Dalladelphia TV Network. TV Network. Um, we'll be able to subscribe, mm -hmm. see it on Roku. Mm -hmm. uh, let's clap that up. Dalladelphia. Dalladelphia. <laughs> like, are you mixing the Philly with the Dallas? What does Dalladelphia mean? What does that mean? I knew when I came down here, I wanted to start a production company, but my whole goal for coming down here was to bring something to this city. I think this city is highly overlooked highly. when it comes to music. Um, and it's not all the industry's fault. The people that work in this marketplace haven't done enough for this marketplace. They haven't. And I said, you know what? Sometimes things get stale, you know? I have a whole post on my Instagram when I was still lift driving when I first moved down here. Best thing I ever did because I got to learn the whole fucking Metroplex. Seriously. Yes. And I got to scout out. I always worked the concerts. I always worked. Like, I learned this city. Like, I can't believe, I don't believe in living in a city and you don't know every inch of it. Like, when I took my husband home, we walked a lot. Mm because I walked my city. I knew every inch of my city. That's how you keep your pulse 
to what the people need. So when you go into that booth, you're making the music for them. Mm. Hardest part about Dallas is Dallas really doesn't have an identity. It doesn't. Great music here, but as a community, there's no real identity. You have these big figures that come from here, that made a name from here, but if Dallas moved like Houston moves, it'd be a whole nother fucking level. 32 Grammy Award winners in this area. Mm. And most people don't even know it. And, and, and the people here are just, they're so comfortable with accepting what they're given. You know? It, I take my portion of greens and cold bread and all along, and I mean, you know? Mm. It's a real chitlin' circuit down here. Meanwhile, there's all these fucking corporations and none of these people are corporately sponsored. Who, who's corporately sponsored down here? Shouldn't Erica Badu have a corporate sponsorship down here? Shouldn't Kirk Franklin have some kind of sponsorship deal other than playing at Megafest for T.D. Jakes? Like, I'm... There's not enough synergy. There's all of this industry and not enough synergy. And yeah. Please hold that thought. Why do you think T.D. Jakes was at Puff Daddy's birthday party? <laughs> I, I mean. I, I just. I, <laughs> you know. Do you remember when Bernie Mac played the minister on Friday? Yes. That's how I feel about T.D. Jakes. <laughs> like, that's how I see. Oh, Miss Parker, come to pray. I, but I for him to be at a Diddy party, I don't know. Like, I, I feel the same way about that as I feel about when Tyler Perry came to his church and laid hands on him and he caught the Holy Spirit from Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry is the bishop of what? Like, I've never, like, and I cut a check for a hundred, and I'm going to lay my hands on your bishop. And he said, ah, ah. and then the bitch said, it's on the fucking internet. He's, ah, he's doing all of this, right? And then there's a woman on, on, the, on the dais screaming, push the baby out. Birth that baby. Push the, I'm like, what? are we at church? Or is this about to turn into like a whole nother scene, like a lost scene from Eyes Wide Shut? Like, <laughs> this shit is looking a little weird. I mean, if Bishop Jakes was at a Diddy party, there could only be two reasons. Money or sex. That's all that happens at Diddy parties. Money and sex. I, just, I hope it was for money. Charitable contribution. I hope it was for money because arguing about who's going to put the strap on on is... <laughs> that can be a very uncomfortable situation. You know, we're going to pray on it. Praise the Lord. You know? Amen. Uh, 
But no, nah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dallas, Dallas leading to an influx of Jaguar right? the Dallas Duffy Network. Um, what's all Dallas the, wait, is my future. Philadelphia is my history. Mm. That's why it's Dallas-Delphia. Bridge the gap. Uh, are you... Are you looking to be go beyond censorship? Because it seems like the powers that be would love to close you down, oh, shut you up. Me all the time. I don't want to call it blackballing, but no, I've been blackballed twice. We can call it. Oh what shit! It is. Let's call it what it is. I got damn black. It's funny every time they blackball me, people start talking about me even more. It's the same things happening with Kanye. It's awesome. <laughs> the only thing these pussies force me to do is to create a space where they're not welcome. Now, last time. You endorsed a few artists. Yeah, I did. Um, so now can we get the updated list of Jaguars top five? I mean Or you ain't gotta be five. I mean whoever you think is dope that, that we slept on because I actually Javon went, Angel. Javon Angel, okay. I put my yeah. I got I got that feeling. I got that feeling about that kid. And he's my partner in Philadelphia. And I'm looking forward to being his partner and to being his auntie. Of course, I'm going to say Rakeem Al-Jabbar because that's just that. It's always going to be that. K-Riz in Canada. Man. And it's just, who? Oh, yeah, well, well yeah, J- Jaguar French. Oh, wait, you got a, like, coalition? <laughs> we got the Jaguar coalition? His name is Jaguar French. <laughs> okay. I don't like to That's bring dope. it up because yeah. I don't want it to sound like there's some kind of favoritism. Right. When somebody came to me... <laughs> oh, shit, yeah, there's clearly no, favoritism. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just saying with something, no, because somebody came to me and... It's okay. Jaguar French. I don't know who the fuck is that. My name is Jaguar. Right. I don't know who that is. Right. But then we met. And I'm about to start writing with him. And there are a couple female artists that hardcore development, I think it could be something special, especially Kirion Johnson, something else, really something else. That's my baby girl, I love her to death. I mean, the truth is, is what I'm hoping to do with Philadelphia is put cameras on what it's like to watch real art in real time. And you know, starting with the Philadelphia Jam Sessions, which will be happening once a month, every month. And then some of them are going to be international. That's far. So there's going to be, you know, just that, ooh, all of that craziness. And it's just, I want to be a safe space. I want to be a space for these artists to come and take a chance on themselves without oversight, without censorship. And it's all subscriber-based. So we know that the people that are there are there because they want to be. Right. Not because it was free to download. Mm. And that's what's up. And, and, like, for those, you know, who are unaware, like you said, bringing the real music back. I love live shows, um, you know, the good music. What all is, on my where, channel. Where, all okay. my concerts. Where? Done virtually on my channel. Gotcha, gotcha. And this is going to be on the website, dollardelphia.com? Oh, it's all... It's, all going to be there. The first uh, virtual concert that we did that we filmed on the first will be up and available next week. It's almost out of edit. But if you want to come pop out, if, if real life want to come pop out and get, you know, a little bit of... 
little footage. Where, where can well, we Well, I mean, up? if you guys want to bring some cameras down to Houston on New Year's Eve, you're more than welcome to because that's my next gig. Hey, hey turn up. Yeah, okay. New Year's in Houston. I'm going to be in Sugarland. I'd love for y'all to come down. We need to have fun. We haven't had, like, we, we have a relationship. We have this thing that we got here, but it's been very confined. We need to take this thing, you yeah, know, now that I'm not afraid of, you know, getting shot all the time, you know, I think it's a great time to try that out. And my man right here has an oh, idea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I keep my stick on me, so we're going to be good to go. Okay, okay. Keep my stick on me. Everywhere in Texas. We ain't playing none of that. All corners. All corners of Texas, I got that stick. So. Uh, I'm trying to be a safer place. Nah, you the safest. You know, <laughs> you know what I've heard, and I live by this. What? Uh, stay dangerous. Yeah. Because <laughs> you could be safe, but it's better to stay dangerous. Because that means when you're dangerous, they stay out your way. <laughs> Don't you think it would be a great idea to be a, a little bit of both? Hey, man, say. I would love that. I've grown a healthy respect for fear. Amen. In my older age. I was very fearless when I was younger. But what I realized is, is fear isn't a coward's um, move. It's just someone who's actually thinking about what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. That's what fear does for me. It makes me stop. It makes me think about mm -hmm. what I'm going to do next. When I was younger, I had serious anger issues. I didn't think. Right. Shit just happened. Amen. Shit happened and I had reactions and that was my whole life. And now I feel the need to not be so quick to react. Sometimes not be so quick to respond. Yeah. But just speak when it's necessary. Say what needs to be said. Do what needs to be done. And be conscientious because the truth is with the kind of anger issues and PTSD issues that me and my husband deal with just from the lives that we live, him, him from combat, me from surviving North Philly, you know, just, which is about the same because we used to joke all the time in North Philly. Soldiers would go to Iraq and come back home and then be dead in three days. Wow. Like motherfucker could survive the fucking, <laughs> the desert, yeah, but could survive North Philly, you know? And look at the news, it's, a lot worse than it was when I was growing up, and that's interesting. But um, I, I just learned to, I don't have to, ah! <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> for, for everything, or, or even for the things that I think, like I, I'm a warrior. You definitely are. You know what I mean? That's who I am. I'm, you know, and, and when you take a warrior and you set them down, you know, what was that shit that Stone showed us? Stone Mecca. Shout out to Stone Mecca, by the way. Oh, yeah, when Wiley Coyote, it was on Family Guy, right? Mm -hmm. There was this episode when Wiley Coyote finally got the Roadrunner. Did you guys see that? Mm -hmm. You saw he, what happened to him after, right? He killed himself. No, he didn't kill himself. He went through all kinds of depression and stuff yeah. like that. And then at the end, he turned his life over to Jesus. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nah, nah. Come on, goddamn. What am I going to do? 
I don't know what to do. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's like, I get it. You know what I mean? The warrior in me, I, I got to pick my battles. Mm -hmm. And I have to make sure that I'm expending necessary energy because what I'm realizing is, is that everything that I've done has opened up the door for a whole new path to the future that I didn't see before. I got to be ready for this. Because shit is changing in the world. It's changing fast. I got to make sure that I'm capable of keeping up with it. Well, I feel like you you already live in the future because all the shit you said in the last interview, it came to pass. Like, <laughs> so, so, now, so now you got to predict the future. Now you got to predict the next next year, two years ahead. Come on. Because they do have a Miss Cleo doc coming out, by the way. <laughs> so they, really? Yes, they do. It's coming out. They uh, I think did next week. one with the um, Spanish, the Puerto Rican guy, the Mucho Mucho. They did one on him. Guess what? His business manager fucked him. You know like, People want to know what happened to Mucho Mucho and more. His business manager fucked him over. His name might be Sean G too, except for he's fucking Puerto Rican. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's wild. I mean, I don't. I would like to say that I'm a person that pays attention to current. And the truth is, you can dictate how to navigate your boat if you know how to read the waves, Amen. if you know how to read the current. So I think that's what I am. I'm, I'm someone who reads the current. And I'm able to say, that shit's about to get choppy up there, you know. If you don't know how to read the current, if you don't know how to read the waves, then you might not see that storm coming like I do. But I will say this. I think everybody's going to be very, 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 very surprised at how the Kanye saga really unfolds. That I will say. Mm -hmm. And remember what I said earlier about that other person that y'all are going to be talking to? Be easy. Gentle. <laughs> Amen. Man, uh, Kanye is about to change. I'm sorry. Let me take that back. Ye is about to change the world, and I feel it. I feel it. I can't really say which way it's going, but when he has his big, ah, I told you, motherfuckers. When that moment comes, it's not going to be anything that anybody expected. I've been studying him for a few years, and I'm glad that I did because it really gave me a different outlook on all of this. You know, I mean, the truth is, is I have a dog in this fight. I have a dog in the same fight he has. Artist equality, fairness amongst the sexes, abuse, being against abuse in the industry, making it a cruelty-free environment. If animals can have cruelty-free, why the fuck can't artists? Amen. Man, I'm that, just saying. As always, you have brought us to a point of elevation where we are. I am enamored. Uh, <laughs> we all do. You know, uh, I, I gotta really, be careful because you know people might say I'm smoking crack. <laughs> <laughs> we won't let them. 
They can. Yeah. They can say that because anybody who knows me knows that I've never done it. More importantly, can you imagine what the fuck I would be like if I smoked crack? This place would be much cleaner. Yeah, and your camera would be missing. And your camera would be missing by the end of the interview. <laughs> Man, I lived in a crack house selling crack. There's no way I'd ever smoke that shit. Eight block. Listen to me. Eight eight bolt locks on the door and a sawed off with the with the crackheads. Bookie, is it Christmas? <laughs> Bookie, ah! it's Christmas. That mean you know the the, the, the the product. And then you hear them sitting there scratching on the door, and pacing back and forth, waiting for us to open up the store. Yeah, it was a real great idea to live in a drug house. Oh. I think we watched fucking New Jack City too many times. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, yo, I'm just saying, you gonna serve me? Nigga, what? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm just, you know. That's real. No, them niggas would go from, yeah, because I'm all, ah! <laughs> like, oh my Jesus. Oh, motherfucker talking like he ain't got no teeth in his mouth. Mouth full of teeth. <laughs> Yo, when it gets to the point where you can start understanding crack talk, you know you've been working too long. Like, you know you've been working too long when you can understand the motherfuckers. Like, it's, that's a whole nother world. And I can't even, I couldn't even imagine selling drugs in Philly right now. Like, I couldn't even imagine it because that shit is zombie land up there. Like these people, they won't be whole They won't be held responsible for doing the shit that they'll do, you know, as a reaction. Like, it's crazy. It's just crazy. My hometown is crazy, man. Like every time I call back, somebody that I know, somebody that I love is dead. They just shot my friend in the back of the head a few months ago, Charlie Khan. And then I got two friends from the rap game in Philly who was going back and forth at it. Now people are trying to finger people for the murder. And the dude that killed him is somebody we all know. 51 years old, coming out of a Chris and Neef show, getting shot in the back of the head. And nobody knows why. Which means somebody knows something. Yeah, it. So we're planning um, a memorial concert for him. Me and him had the same birthday, May 17th. Oh, wow. I've known Charlie a long time. But, you know, that's the, the ebb and flow. Have you gotten numb to it at all? Rest in peace, Charlie Khan. My friend. Yeah, R.I.P., definitely. Do um, you have any shout-outs? Shout out to real life street stars. For being rogue, for being brave, even when it looked a little shaky and a little scary. <laughs> but whether you guys know it or not, I have to give the biggest shout out to you because y'all, y'all were the current that turned over my energy that started everything that I'm about to do from this point forward. Amen. Like I'm ever I'm forever gonna be attached. Not forever. Y'all in that way because it was this interview 
that's making everything else that I do from this point pop, like even down to Philadelphia TV Network. This era for me, like I got two eras in life now. I got the Roots and the Jay-Z shit and the Coca-Cola commercial shit, and then I got everything that happened to me after real life street stars. Like that's a bookmark in my life. And there's a whole fucking lot of it. And, and you guys, whatever it was, we had that moment. And let's just be honest, we put the battery in the fucking internet's back. Nah. Together. Effects. Together. You know, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Hey, we know. You know, we gonna have you regular. You know, you know, um, the power that you wield. I, I, I appreciate it because, you know, as a black woman, y'all are so. Uh, Trevor Noah said it today. He said, I just want to thank black women because for what they have imputed in my life. He said, there was always a black woman that gave me strength. For you to come on here, this, and you made us stronger in a way we couldn't have imagined. You, you put us in places, in, people, in faces of people like who thought we were weenie. And you was like, nah, this is the caliber of individual that comes and sits in front of these lights. So you have forever changed us. Hey, I'm talking about we had, I was very we had proud our... of the Mark Cuban interview, by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Shout out, Rook. Fuck with that shit. Yeah. Hey, and, and you know, us being here, like I said, we had our mamas calling us, our aunties, kind of like we had them watching it. So it actually expanded our audience as far as the demographics that watch our platform and man. And vice versa. What? We did that for each other. Now you said you're proud of Mark Cuban. Um, are you proud of the Charleston Whites interviews that we've done? Only reason I asked it because, because, hey, because when what you did on our platform, it seems like Charleston White a year later, a year or two later, came right back around and just figured out this Jaguar formula for some reason. Just be not it's apologetic. Working for him. Yeah, it's working. He'd be fucking dangerous if he actually knew some shit. <laughs> now, I said if, if he had your in industry knowledge Yeah like if he knew some shit He'd be fucking dangerous as fuck Shit You know what would be interesting Me and him having a conversation Ooh okay hey, Right hey you just that spoke it into a goddamn existence That's hey that's that hey Cause it's people keep coming to me they, What do you think about Charleston White What do you think about Charleston I was like I don't know him <laughs> we, we gonna get y'all very acquainted And then I find out that y'all were the catalyst behind that. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so proud. I know, right, right. <laughs> like, Just, I'm like, right. Did a, another one, another one. <laughs> now, I have to ask before we get out, because I don't sure. want to forget it. Your earrings just reminded me of black power, mm -hmm. black excellence. And uh, I just need your take on it, because Emancipation comes out in one hour. Uh, came out December 9th, which is today's the night. That's right? such a fucking below the so, belt fucking question. No, but I just got it's no. It's the only below the belt question that you ask yeah, because it, you already know <laughs> what's gonna happen. Don't front. We so, we've been down there. Fuck Will Smith. No, no, wait, 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 wait. He should have never slapped Chris. Right, I'm wait, not wait, watching wait. the movie. Damn it, damn it. It's not happening. You don't understand. Do you understand why he slapped Chris? Did you see in that moment from probably what he was dealing with? 
What was he dealing with? Shit, I don't know. What the fuck was he dealing with? Something made him slap his No, something man. didn't make him snap anything. He laughed at that badass joke that Chris <laughs> said like every fucking body else. And then Jada looked at him and it was like the Manchurian candidate. <laughs> Not the Manchurian. Not the Manchurian, god damn it. Uh, <laughs> that's what the fuck happened. I thought there's a legion of women who said, I'm glad for Will fighting for his woman. Yeah, because they still want to believe that that sham of a fucking marriage is real. Oh. Well, there you go. <laughs> he ain't never going to be Tupac, and she proved it when she fucked August Alcina. Ooh. Ooh, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're both bisexual. They do weird things in their house, and young men have left their house fucking screaming to get away from them in their mentorship. Meek Mills. <laughs> Bashir Gray. Left that house fucking screaming. August the only one that stayed and I guess he was really sick. He needed the help. Hey man. Hey man. And that was their kid's friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. the fuck can believe that that shit is real by any means with all of that? It makes it tough to believe. With all of that. Yeah. When they was busy fucking partying with the Martins, then they switched over from the Martins to uh, uh, Mark Anthony and Jennifer Lopez, and then the fucking kiss happened on Hawthorne, her show got canceled, Mark and Jennifer broke up, all of this shit was going on, like all of these motherfuckers be doing all of this wild shit. Oof. They ain't doing as much, I guess, now because they're getting older. I guess it just moved over to the Wade house. <laughs> energy transfers. Energy transfers. And I'm not saying that because I'm not saying that because of their trans daughter. I'm saying that because of the artist that I just spoke to not that long ago that got invited to a party at their house. Everything was cool up front until they went to the back and there was a bunch of old fucking niggas and fucking young boys back there all ass naked in the Wade house. So I find it funny that Gabrielle's sitting there talking shit about Boosie. Maybe you suspicious of him because of the shit that's happening in your house, bitch. Fuck out of here. These niggas be talking greasy on all kinds of shit. But I don't like when these so-called black Hollywood couples want to come in and then they want to sit there and play gatekeeper. Meanwhile, they're abusing and misusing all kinds of young people. And guess what? Don't nobody want to admit that they a victim. So they pretend to be friends. Ah, uh, yeah. Will Smith ain't slapped that nigga over love. He slapped that nigga because that bitch told him to. Or maybe, because she's looking a little hocus pocus these days, too. Is it alopecia? Or was it like, you know, entrance into the club? I don't know. But shit don't look right. You fucking see Tiger Woods, and the next thing you know, he damn near die in a fucking car accident. I don't fucking know. I know she gangster as fuck. I know she's from Baltimore. And I know there's no shame in that region. I know that for a fact. Mm. So, you know, uh, the movie Emancipation, um, how the fuck you gonna play in a movie called Emancipation and you can't emancipate yourself? Ooh, bars. 
Because you trapped in a hole. My nigga, you trapped in a hole. This bitch clowning you day after day after day after day. And, and, and once again, I hate saying these things because their children are dope. But Jaden's kind of MIA. And considering that he emancipated from their household at 16 and refused to come back even to do family interviews. You know? Yeah. Willow's just kind of, she's dope. I just, too much shit happened in that fucking house. Too much shit happened in that fucking house. And meanwhile, I go to jail for defending my child and these niggas don't even get a CPS fucking visit for the kind of shit they, they kids see. You know? There you go. So yeah, I'll watch the movie when, you know, I'll watch Emancipation when he emancipates himself from the, uh, the hell that he lives in that he tries to call marriage with that woman who still wished Tupac was alive. <laughs> but enjoy the film. Buy lots of popcorn. I ain't supporting shit he fucking though. He's a bad representation for black men. He is literally the epitome of a ballless man. I'm sick and tired of people making our black men look weak. I'm sick and tired of that shit because I don't know no nigga that would put up with the shit that that bitch done put him through. Now you could justify staying because you ain't wanna cut up the money because she would've got the child support and the alimony, but the kids is grown. So if you staying now, it's either because you're being blackmailed to stay or you too lazy to go. He housebroken. That don't fit right for a Philly nigga. But he did grow up in Overbrook, though. <laughs> he didn't technically grow up in West Philly. That, that, was, that was Jazzy Just Life he was writing about. He lived over there, not far from where Kobe Bryant grew up. That's the other side of City Avenue. He, he came up Overbrook, you know, so they, were, they had big houses and... He wasn't at the playground, get beat up. That was Jazzy Jeff. He lived in the more suburb side off of City Avenue. He only, he went to Overbrook, you know, he went to the hood and then came home. I took my husband to where he used to go get his cheesesteaks at Larry's, which was right there by the train station around the corner from the nice houses. He's been playing roles for a long time but I'm sick and tired of seeing these so-called couples destroying young people, destroying young people. And look at August Alcina, like it's, he's so fucked off. I don't think that boy is his boyfriend. I think it's his bodyguard because his first show back in Miami, he gets beat up by Tory Lanez and his motherfucking um, um bodyguard. And the nigga just got out the hospital. Like he, like these, this, these is little niggas. These is little niggas. Like, it, it's almost like Will Smith called up Tory Lanez and fuck that nigga up for me. You know what I'm saying? Your first show back and you, get, you gotta go back to the hospital. <laughs> like, all because you got taken advantage of by that bitch. Because they said it all started with Tory Lanez joking with him about the whole entanglement. That shit wasn't no entanglement, bitch. You fucking kid. You fucked a kid and cheated on your husband. Like, let's stop dressing this shit up and making it seem like it's anything. If, if Jada did any of the fucking shit to Will, would, you, would your wife, would y'all women, would you stand for that? Nick. <laughs> uh, no. Nope. No. I ain't talking about a guy 
Listen to me. Listen to me. He needs my help. <laughs> like, like, are you fucking kidding me? I wanted to help him. He was so sick and he needed my help. And you just figured you was going to ride his dick until he got better. Huh? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> if I was a 16-year-old kid and I had the opportunity to emancipate myself, I wouldn't stick around to watch my mom fuck my friends. I wish the fuck my mom would have. I'm sorry. No, nah, uh, y'all know I get I get passionate. <laughs> y'all See, is there any other movie you want to talk about? Y'all clapping. <laughs> Man, we got a same show for next time. Jesus. Jaguar, we love you so much. Thank you for coming to sit down and talk with us. This was a real treat. I feel I'm high off this. I don't know. We finna kill him with this one. <laughs> we all gonna we we all gonna go off the grid after this for a little bit. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm back outside now. Fuck it. Fuck it's it. gonna be what it's. I'm back outside. Hey, man. hey, this is the best part. You are a real life street star. Street stars, nigga. Moon. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>